And we're back. I'm James. This is the Gist Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. <laughs> All the pep talk. Oh, Man, Mike. We just literally, the three of us spent two minutes saying, all right, we're going to talk normal tonight. Oh, my God. No. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, Getting boy. a taste of my life, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the taste. It's it's the life of every parent. It's a I think. great life. <laughs> uh, it is a great life. I would not trade it for anything, bud. So James, is football over? Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna do basketball, or what mm-hmm. are you gonna do? I'm gonna do basketball. Okay. Basketball okay. starts on Sunday. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I want a week off. Yeah. Just <laughs> Why all I the never sports. Get one week off. You had a week off this week. We went to Idaho. I want five weeks. Wow. So, whoa, whoa, five Contract weeks. negotiations, and you are not at a point where you're negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how was Idaho, James? Good. What was the best part of the Idaho? Chris game. Chris game. Did your hotel have a pool? Yes. Oh, okay. How many days did you get in the pool when we, we were in Spokane? All of them. <laughs> Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You never travel without a swimsuit. That's my rule. So, James... Kid, kid brought two swimsuits. <laughs> used them both. So, James, obviously, being a kid and traveling with your parents, the pool at the hotel is important. Where would you rank this pool compared to other ones that you've swam? Top five? Top ten? Not even close? Mm, top 20. Top 20. What's the number one? What's the best pool you've ever been Silver Mountain. Silver Mountain. Good call. Yeah. Oh, they got like What's water Silver slides Mountain? and stuff, right? So Silver Mountain yeah. is on the way to... It's in Kellogg. Port Lane. It's in Ke- Yeah, it's right yeah, outside right? Kellogg. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we had a couple basketball games in Wallace last year. And the Fun. Coach set up like a family weekend at Silver Mountain, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad when we had to leave. Yeah. After the game, we were chanting, we want the pool. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, what about the game itself, the football game? Um, what What'd was the think? best part of that? Nick is winning. Yeah. Heck yeah. Any any more analysis than that? Not really. Who was your favorite player on Saturday? Hmm. Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. Okay. That was a great pick he had. Robbie Patterson, huh? Oh, Robbie Patterson. No, I'm just kidding. Backup Robbie. <laughs> No, it was Robbie Patterson. <laughs> oh, see, there we go. Triple option. I like it. So, James, we have a question for you from the fans. Who's going to win the World Series? Hopefully, Babes. Yeah, I'm with you. Why don't you want the Astros to win the World Series? Because they're big, fat cheetahs. <laughs> Man, I am so proud of him. You taught him something, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Me and YouTube. Yeah. As a Mariners fan, that warms my cold heart. But I'll tell you, it's been torn because we were pretty okay with the Astros beating the Red Sox in the league championship. Yeah, that's true, right? I would that's rather true. have the Astros yeah. beat the Red Sox. Yeah. Well, now we just need the Braves to come through. Those are my two through. least favorite teams in ALCS. There you go. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Could you believe it? The, the Braves haven't been to the World Series since 1999. Does oh. that make you feel old? Yeah. It really does. Because like there was a time where it was like you're like the Braves were always in the World Series, but I guess we were pretty young then. Well, and like in the nineties that like the Braves and, and the early nineties, that was like the only team you could watch every night. Yeah. Well, they go to the World Series like ninety four, ninety five, and ninety six. Something like one that. One in ninety five and then one, yeah, they went ninety nine. Like Smoltz too. and Gladden. Are we talking about baseball now? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Terry Pendleton. 
the crime dog McGriff, Otis yeah. Nixon. Yeah. I'm not even a Braves fan, but just because of TBS baseball access, I can tell you a lot about those Braves teams. Those like the only team you could follow. I was going to say, there's a lot of guys in our age bracket that are Braves fans solely because the Braves were always on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Lemke, I love the yes. shades. Yes. What were the pitchers? There was five of them. There's Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz. Smoltz. Smoltz turned into a closer later in his life. Later, yeah. Who was the lefty? They have Steve Avery. Steve Avery. Was it Mark Melancholy or something? Like oh, man. I don't know. I, I don't care. This isn't a Braves baseball podcast. Yeah. James, anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> All right. <laughs> nope. Should Looks we, like a pass. Should we pick, uh, pick your games real quick? That's what I wanted. Let's do it. All right. All right. We have Cal Poly going to Portland State. Portland State. I like it. Um, NAU goes to Idaho. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tricky one. <laughs> There's some gutter ball games this weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to flip a coin? Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona gets the road win. Um, Weber goes to Idaho State. Oops. Weber. Yeah. And then Sac State goes to Northern Colorado. Sac. I started typing this even before you said it. I knew that's what you were going to (laughs) say. Montana State and Eastern Washington both have buys. So that leaves us with Southern Utah coming to... Montana. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I like those picks. A dude. couple of the Big Sky Podcast Network guys uh, really want Southern Utah to go O for their last yeah, Big Sky season. I'm Brent's one, one of them. I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> they want them to lose every game every in the Big Sky game. Conference this year because then they're leaving the conference. Yeah. So it tells them that the Big Sky Conference is too good. Too good for Southern Utah. You heard it from James. Southern Utah, <laughs> tip, don't move to the Mountain West. You'll get destroyed by both. No, the WAC. They're not State. even getting – they wouldn't get invited there. They're going to the WAC, the WAC. All right. I would hope they get invited to the Pac-12. Oh Lord! So they could get destroyed every week. <laughs> yes, I would love. Get that them TV get money. All right. Thanks, bud. See you, James. Oink. Thanks, dude. Oink. Oink. <laughs> All right. So, so Mike, how was the trip? It was good. I mean, other than having to spend time in the car with this kid, <laughs> um, it was good. You know, hey, look, have the Grizz lost when you and your son are watching them play any sport in Idaho? I don't believe so. Okay. Because this is the second game that... And football, basketball, otherwise. No. You saw a Big Sky Championship? No, because we went to the Big Sky Championship in Boise. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's accurate. So, that's the good luck charm. It's like Luke and I go with you and they lose. That's a I can't point. I mean, I guess they the Grizz won when we went to Idaho. I was going to say, you, you and I and, and some buddies I wasn't went there. once. The three of us have not seen the Grizz win a road game together. No. But I've gone oh, yeah. to Idaho twice recently because I brought James once. He pointed it out to me. I was like, oh, okay. You guys went to the basketball down yeah, in Boise. Went to the right? basketball game. The you went, when did you go to Idaho again? I don't know. You, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's merging memories. I don't know. <laughs> did you take him to Idaho State ever? No. Oof. Uh, Don't. But it was good. I mean, I will say, here's my biggest takeaway. Idaho's program may have struggled moving down. They are clearly not a good Big Sky program. 
Idaho's like facility management, concessions, beer sales, still uh, FBS level in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Like they charge nine bucks a beer for a Bud Light. Oh my God. The line just flies. You get a, you get a wristband. There's at least four places in the stadium you can buy beer. They can, you can buy two at a time. I mean, like, UM is crazy not to do it this way. Like, it's all cans, so there's no need to run. You know, there's no kegs and no whatever. It's just cans and ice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they were just um, domestics, white claws, and wine. <laughs> like, flavored vodka. And the lines were long. And at nine bucks a beer, you start doing the math. Like, they were tall boys. Yeah. But I mean, your profit margin's got to be at least five bucks on that. Oh my gosh. At least, right? Well, does our. I, I still haven't been to our beer gardens. <sighs> Me either. They don't have TVs down there, right? No, it's just outside the south entrance. I mean, so you're just. You're outside. Do you know on the. Um, on the back side of the south entrance, you know, like from your tailgate, you look up at campus drive yeah and the back side of the north end zone yeah 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 it's just like concrete concrete they need tvs TVs, they need like a banner to to run ads across that and then like when the game starts they should they should run the tvs i know they want people in the stadiums yeah yeah. i'll tell you what this in the stadium i i had learned something kind of interesting there are three campers in a row on campus drive that don't have football tickets they just park. Really? They park the night before, and they set up a TV, and they just drink beer and watch the game outside the stadium. And it, there's a few of them, like right in a row. They're just there to party. Huh. They, they don't go into the game. Weird. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. It, it's really strange, because uh, the last game we had, Sac State, like, because I ducked out a little early to get my tailgate beer service going for halftime. And they're all huddled around a TV, this one. And then I noticed there's another one further down. And so I talked to another guy I know that's got a camper right next to him. And he's like, those guys don't have tickets. They just sit there. That's what they do. Or at least most of them don't have most tickets. Most of them don't. Like, yeah. Whoever and, buys the pass has to have a ticket. Yeah. Like. And there's another camper further down that's like, they got a canopy like I've got, like the big long twenty footer. Yeah, and they put it up against their camper to create this like big wall, and they have a TV on that and all these chairs. And I don't think they go into the game. I, a bunch of them don't go into the game. I mean, I I could I <laughs> it could still be fun to go that far to just watch a game on TV when you can just watch in your living room. But I don't know. Maybe you're you're part of the crowd and the experience more. I don't know. It's a fun atmosphere. I mean, it's fun. Like, yeah. I can really see fun. it. Yeah. Like, I, could. I would just want to get in, inside and watch the game, but yeah. nah, you know. you're like um, you're like 50 feet from the stadium, and you're not in it. It just <laughs> seems weird. But I will say, I mean, shifting this back to kind of what we were talking about, though, I, they do need to do a few things to improve it. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, like that the infrastructure of Washington Grizz is probably overdue for. But I mean, it's just standing there. I mean, and they had like. Um, you know, the line dividers so that, you know, the lines weren't just sticking all the way out and you couldn't get through them and stuff like that. It just, Mm -hmm. and granted, we were probably talking about twice the amount of people at a Grizz game. Yep. But it, it, it showed me that, that, uh, we could pick it up a little bit and sell alcohol and make money. 
we need a business student to do a do a prospectus on what uh, I think they yeah. have. What's a conservative number of beers they would sell at a Washington Grizzly <laughs> Stadium at a football game? If I didn't have to stand in a long line, I would probably buy something in the stadium every week. Yeah, but I, I have yet to spend a dollar in the concession stands because I'm not I'm not waiting for thirty minutes and missing part of the game. Yeah, no. and they could easily they I mean like. These don't even have to be in any of the um, uh, concession stands they already have. I mean, they could just cut a hole in the fence, you know, widen it out on the grass there, put a tent up, and have a whole bunch of, you know, trough coolers full of... I mean, like, this does not have to be that complicated. No, no, they're complicated, yeah. They had had easy card swipes that were just, you know, handheld, and you just put your card in it and popped it out, and away you went. I mean, it... I. I was impressed. <laughs> so there's my takeaway. My biggest takeaway from Idaho was, hey. Beer sales. Yeah, beer sales. Why can't we get $9 beers? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know that I'd ever buy one, but I am fighting for you. <laughs> I totally would. All right. Awesome. Well, what about what about the things that happened on the field, Mike? What did you notice? <laughs> um, in person, it seemed... To me, like the game plan recognized what we talked about last week. So we all agree, right? Bobby and the staff sat down and listened to the yeah, pod. Yeah, they listened to the pod right? and, and they, they were like, shifted some things out. Oh my God, these guys are right. These they, guys are right. They didn't do anything differently. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, they ran yes, the they scheme. Did. <laughs> they didn't run six plays like Coulter thought they would. No, but here's what they did differently. I mean, no, right. you're right. They ran the scheme, which yeah, I actually did. like. We kind of talked about this. It's not like they can run the scheme. It's it, the play calling and how they did it. Um, I think made a difference. Isn't isn't like it's like obviously anyone who watched the game noticed uh, KB twelve took some more stabs downfield, big time, and across lateral as well too. They moved him around more. But like those things are always there. Those things are always open. He just had more time because Idaho sucks. So that, that's interesting because <laughs> and it's like people are making that argument. Idaho sucks, and so it's, and there's probably some truth to that. The the front seven is really good, but though. the front seven is good. Yeah, in theory. So did Chris Brown get better in a week? Did he like learn something and be like, oh, I can take some shots downfield here and here? Um, I think it's a combination of a few things. I think that you know every start for him is important. Right, and he's, um, you know, he's getting coached up, and they're looking at film, and Pease and and Rosie are, you know, showing him, hey, if you've done this, this is there, this is there. I think that the coaches having plays for Patterson probably was a good thing, yeah, because it wasn't so many that it's like, hey, you're you know splitting time with the guy behind you, but it's kind of like a, hey, the offense has got to move the ball a little bit, and it's like. If you're not going to do it, it opens up the possibility. So I actually think that was a, a good thing. Um, the play calling was better, though. They they did not leave him in um, as many third and longs in the first half. Yeah. And there's the a chart half. somebody put up on Egris. Somebody did some research for us. And I'm trying to find it to give credit where credit is due. Here it is. I was going to say, <clears throat> while you look for that, it, it was the other interesting thing, Idaho – on average, allows 
about 437 yards a game. So you look at that and it's like, okay, Montana had 387, so Idaho did good. Good. But then on the flip side, Idaho's defense allows on average six yards per play, and Montana was averaging eight yards per play on offense. So it's like this interesting break apart where you look at you know how you can use stats to kind of twist your story. There were but, still too many third three and outs. Like the Grizz were like was, four yeah. of fifteen on third down. So there's some problems. Yeah, it was five of fourteen. But um, AZ Grizz fan on on E Grizz did this research, so I want to give credit to him. First drive, first play pass, second play run, punt, second drive. Run, pass, punt. Third drive, pass, pass, punt. Fourth drive, pass, run, and it ended in a touchdown. Um, so he so, was just looking at the first two yeah, plays. Yeah, he's looking at the yeah, first two plays yeah. and then saying what the end of the drive was. Yeah. Fifth drive, run, pass, touchdown. Sixth drive, run, pass, field goal. Seventh drive, pass, run. Eighth drive, run, Ninth drive, run. Tenth drive, run. Run, run, run. The first half, they did a better job of being less predictable. Sure. The second half, they went back to... Run first. Run first. Yeah. And I know that Bergen scored his touchdown running up the middle, but for the life of me, I do not understand why they are running a true freshman wide receiver up the damn middle <laughs> so many times well when you look at it so the grossman touchdown or in the mid second was a third and goal and the first two plays were Up the runs for nothing yeah and then the um the unfortunate false non-false start feel uh fake that died it was not that a turned into start. a messias 27 yard field goal was two runs up the middle and then a pat a pretty ill fated pass that Idaho was ready for on third and long. Mm-hmm. So it was like we texted about this, but they're mixing it up all the way and then it's goal to go and it's like run up the middle, run up, run the, up the middle. Yeah, and it's third and, and long. it's like they're not doing again going back to the things that we talked about, like rolling Brown out, you know, putting him in. So I thought the play calling was better, but I think it still has room to go. I don't disagree. <laughs> I want to, Mike. <laughs> I think you obviously have to run up the middle because oh, then, some, yeah, then some, you yeah. become predictable that you'll never run up the middle with this really small, true freshman wide receiver. Who had a hell of a game, honestly. He, and That's I've been so game. impressed with his ability to hold on to the ball. Like, he knock on wood. Yeah, you know, oh, he yeah. takes shots. He hasn't he hasn't put the ball on the ground yet. Um but I did. I mean, you, there's textual evidence in our group thread. Like, what the hell are they doing running up the middle, up the middle? Then we have, we're have we put in a weird passing situation. They do run up the middle quite a bit. Yeah. Do, do you but, think it's to set up play action or to set up like a RPO? I, I Well, it could be an RPO where mm. like Brown, you know, is not reading it. He's handing it to the running back. Instead of keeping it, I don't know. Yeah. Um. I feel like we got a we got someone. We got a says, scoreboard update. Oh, scoreboard update. What do you got, James? Saints up three. Thirteen ten. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um. So I mean, that could be part of it. I, I the other thing that that Coach Hauk talked about a little bit of QB club, and and obviously we're not going to go into everything he talks about because that's. What'd you pay for? That's why you joined. Don't want them to kick us out. Uh, Gogris.com slash QB club. Um, 
Brown's getting comfortable making some coverage adjustments to the line. Yes, yes. And that was the thing. So I uh, tweeted this. We texted this. And I, uh, the funniest thing was I think his his first noticeable adjustment turned into a punt because Keelan White dropped an admittedly tough catch. But um, Brown is getting blitzed a lot. Yep. And it's third and I don't know what it was, six or seven. Another third and long after two failed runs probably. And um, <laughs> he adjusts the coverage, which uh, the the block up front. So then he doesn't have pressure, and he throws a damn good pass down the sideline that Keelan White has to adjust from inside shoulder to outside shoulder on, and hits him in the hands, and we wind up punting the ball. But it was like one of those things. It was like a small sign that he's figuring more things out on the fly which was really encouraging because then later we see him hit Sammy Akem deep. We see him hit Ben Roberts deep, and we start seeing some of these deep shots turning into gains and not just a random deep shot that <clears throat> had no chance. Yeah, he's. it did look like he was seeing some more things in real time. And it's got to happen so fast. You call the play, you get out there, just put yourself in, in the shoes. The defense isn't settling. Some guys are are fake blitzing. Yeah. They're shifting. You've got like twenty some seconds maybe <laughs> to like figure it out. When I try to save a file under a new name, you know, you guys do this. You're you're like, I can't save over this file. I have to save it as a new name. <laughs> and you pick the location and you take at least forty seconds to make sure <laughs> you're making this Big time decision, right? Like he's got less time than it takes me to save a document <laughs> to make big decisions, call hike, and make a pass. Yeah. I, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think like I understand people who criticize the offense still isn't good enough because I think all three of us would agree. Lots of room for improvement there, <clears throat> but I think he's getting better. And is he the QB of the future? We don't know. If he plays the way he did Saturday and builds upon that and just gets better, how could you not say he's – I mean, you know, Cam graduates this year. So, barring a drop down that they go get, which they'll do. I mean, yeah, but, I, I would know. be shocked if they went into camp with sophomore Brown and freshman Britt and, and technically Patterson, junior Patterson, junior Patterson yeah. as their only options. No. Unless well, Brown just lights it up. The rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Brown's a super intelligent dude. Um, after, you know, going into this week, we knew we had like four sh- kind of shitter games in a row. And if you had to chart a trajectory that made you comfortable for Cat Grizz, you know, as comfortable as you can be go can be going into the brawl, um, I think KB12 hit his first uh, charted data point. We needed to see improvement against Idaho. We needed a little bit more dynamic offense. Take some stabs downfield. Um, beat Idaho convincingly. Like check, 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 check. We need to see. We need to see this again for the next three weeks. Yep. Maybe even another step in some way uh, against Southern Utah. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Agreed. And and the thing, the interesting thing is, and we saw it early, and it it was fascinating. Um, I want to give a shout out to, um, I believe, pod listener and former Grizz. His name is Ty. And we, we text a little bit. And he, uh, I, I'm about, Mike Bresky was, I 
I'm pretty sure his DC when he played for the Grizz. And um, he was texting me early, and he's like, we all knew this from Bresky's years. Bresky's blitz heavy. Um, I think actually Bresky came in with flu, right? Because Paulson was Bobby's DC. Bresky was Glenn's DC first. He was Glenn's, and, and then, then he, left. he came back. He came back with flu. So, but Bresky is a blitz heavy guy. And so Sacramento, Dixie, and Eastern Washington didn't blitz a lot. They just went, you know, cover two, cover three, went some sort of shell. But that's not Bresky's MO. He's a pressure guy. And it was working the first couple of possessions. And it would work intermittently here and there. Um, and so it allowed Chris a lot more of these one-on-one situations where you put the ball in the air and you put it within a 60 to 70% chance of catch for both Ben Roberts and Sammy Akim and you're going to do well. And so, and that's like, so is Southern Utah is Northern Colorado is NAU before we get to that cat game. Are they going to go, are they going to, look at the sack film and be like, we just need to sit back and take away those lanes or do we need to pressure like we normally do or what are we going to do? Because what we know a little bit early, we'll talk about this more, but like Southern Utah is much more of a man defense. So in theory, it should continue this progression for Brown. But I think this game was an awesome confidence builder for him to come off that sack game, which high completion percentage, but errors downfield and turnovers. And that's the other big thing that we, we heard tonight as well too was, no turnovers for Chris Brown. This yeah. was the first game he's played as a Grizz, right? Yeah. And I guess I mean throughout it, the spring game. The guy the first game his, this year where he didn't have a turnover. Yeah. It's, you know a guy making his third start? Yeah. It's the progression you want to see. Absolutely. And again, like he may not be the, you know, the best in the league, but he you know, I think he's making progress and I I think he's someone we're going to be glad is on the roster. Yes. For as long as he's here. Um I do think that while I think he made progress kind of reading reading the defense, the blitz, adjusting, he still gets anxious in the pocket. And I think that that's a product of time. But at some point he needs to start – what's the word? Getting over it's not the word. Getting comfortable with it because you are going to take some hits. But I thought there were a couple times where he stood it and threw it when he was going to get hit. So. Yeah, yeah. Just a general pocket presence. Um, man, did Roberts have a day? Grizz nominated him for Offensive Player of the Week for the team. Seven receptions, 145 yards. And Akem, seven catches, 72 yards. And I saw um, at Let's Go Grizz, he tweeted out a cool little metric. Akem caught seven passes, giving him 168 for his career, seventh most in UM history. So Kem passes um, Molden, Mariani, Jeremy Watkins, and Scott Guernsey on Saturday. Wow. So Kem Holden, 72 receiving yards, giving him 2,369 for his career. Nice. <laughs> Putting him uh, 10th in UM history for receiving yards. That's awesome. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, good, good milestone him. day for Kim. Hell yeah. That's, That's that great. guy's a dude. I mean, it's kind of been funny because, <clears throat> not funny, but some fans and some people have been throwing Sammy under the bus a little bit, low production, things like that. Maybe someone on the pod might have said, 
some of us are just real evaluators of you know, your <laughs> all Americans who should be stepping up and helping their their young but, struggling I mean, QBs. Credit to him. I think that Idaho game. I mean, it was probably his best game of the year. I mean, the what there was the one Hold early. On. Let me ask you a question. What? Seven catches for seventy three yards for our all American wide receiver. And you say that's his best game of the year, and you guys have a problem with me saying that he's not making enough plays? <laughs> but oh, look at their pauses! <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Mine's blowing! <laughs> I was, I was gonna, I was giving you space to finish, Mike. Oh my god, Dude, I feel that guy, that guy draws all the attention, he gets, and he's been dealing with, uh, you know, some some less than average QB play. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's hard to find. It's hard, I think it's hard to find balls to make plays on sometimes. But, I mean, you look at his catches. Like, I'm going through this. Like, So, first catch resulted in a first down. Second catch resulted in a third down. First down. Fourth catch resulted in a first down. Um, yeah, one was a loss two yards. It happens. Next one turned into seven yards. Next one was a first down. Next one was a first down. I mean, like, he was – yeah, he didn't have – 200 yards and two touchdowns. I like a camp, guys. I mean, I, no, it's just, clear that you hate him. So. <laughs> I just, just kidding. I, I, I would like to see him make a few more big plays to help his struggling young quarterback. Who helped? Uh, so, Roberts helped Chris the most. Yeah. But be, then Sammy was next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, I like I Sammy. Is like, I think Keelan, I will, Keelan White, young guy, big, high, big ceiling, not knocking him, but I mean, Dropped a deep pass, and it's hard to criticize because if that thing was thrown to me, I I wouldn't have even put a finger on the ball. You and don't then, have a scholarship as a wide receiver. Yeah, that's true. At the university. Um, and then touchdown pass had to extend to get it, but again hit both his hands, uh, which turned into the fake field goal, field goal, whatever. Um, so it's like some of these other younger guys were not helping as much as others could. So it's tough. Yeah. We did see um, Aaron Fontes get his first career catch as a Grizz. Yeah, filled a couple punts too. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, fair caught a few. I don't. Did he I know he had this one return, and he actually looked like he had some moves. Like, I'll, it'll be real interesting to see what they do with him because he's technically a true freshman. Yeah, he he and X are from the same school, right? Yeah, they, they were like a package deal almost. Yeah, they, they might be like related. So, um, you know, he could. He's a red shirt. This is the first game he's played, but he could have potential to be a very good punt returner. So do they let him grow into that role, or is this like a one-game one, one game thing? But it was interesting is they did a couple things at right receiver. Like they shook things up a little bit because Simpson, right, Ryan number Simpson. four, yeah. he played a lot more. The most he's played. The most year. he's played. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, he 16 got in there too. So I just it was interesting. But Robert's still had a big game. So I, don't, I mean, I wonder who. I don't know that they're going to use this red shirt. I, uh, you wouldn't think. <laughs> you don't yeah, need to... four games left. Yeah, a receiver. You're not burning a red shirt for a young. I so mean, why did they even back. bring them? For the experience. All right. Uh, you got four games. All right. And these next four games are the games where you get these young guys because Aaron Fonts, Sammy and Kem's gone next year. Yeah. And. Who knows what Gabe Seltzer is going to do? I mean, he's probably got a medical redshirt or something. But I mean, he's we might we might need a couple times. Like, I wouldn't blame injury. him if he I mean, decided. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like we might have senior Mitch Roberts next year, uh, <laughs> Keelan White, and then no experience behind that. Generally speaking, so if you get some of these guys, 
Well, flowers. Flowers, flowers yes. Apologies. Uh, throwing, um, throwing shit. <laughs> <laughs> players on the so, team. Malik Flowers. Calls himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, so beyond that, though, I mean, you need some of these other guys. So, yeah, you get No, nope, that's a good get, point. So, yeah. You're not wrong, Brent. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. <laughs> God. What? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> anything else from uh, the okay. game? So, yeah. yes. Um, the run blocking. Yeah. To me. About the old line. Became noticeably better when Moses Mallory moved to center. Now, I noticed as well, too, the pass protection and the picking up of blitzes in the middle also became a little bit more challenging. But um, it seems to me that what we get with Mo Mallory is improved run blocking. Mm -hmm. And with him at center, and obviously Farb's earned the job because the coaches and, and everyone knows he's the guy and we'll have to see how long he's out. But it seemed like to me Junior Bergen had his best day on the ground, two mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns, both up the middle. We had some up the middle uh, that wasn't working, but we've had a lot yeah. of that that's yep. not worked. When Mo Mallory came in at center, that those run lanes opened up quite a bit more than they had previously. And I don't know if it's a product of Idaho not being ready for him or him just being able to do a little bit more. That was noticeable. I will also say he also snapped a ball over Cam's head that if Idaho had the ability to review it, probably would have been a safety. So, I mean, not saying it's a perfect thing, but um, it seemed to me the run game was significantly better with Mallory at center. Who came in at guard? Martin. Martin. Skyler right. Martin. Number yeah. 70. Martin. I think he was Who's a... left? Well, Pillins had to come in because remember Pillins Mo got in. hurt as yep. well, but came back. So then... Martin went to center, and Pillins played guard. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you're starting to get down to redshirt freshman and true freshman. So it was good to see Mo back. And Forbes was – the TV showed him helmet on, walking around on the sideline, but kind of limping. So um, depending on the extent of the injury, maybe they're going to give him a week or two to get better. But, um, yeah, it, they had to move a lot of guys around at the O-line and – were able to – it didn't seem like too much of a drop-off to me. The the stats on gogriz.com says <clears throat> Colin Drees got some, got some snaps. I think okay. late. I think he came in kind of late. Yeah. They also had some heavy sets that I think he came in on. Okay. Yeah. Man, and OD missed another chance to get a TD – Brent Brent posted this on Twitter. It wasn't a false start. Like the thing that amazes me more than anything about these big sky refs is that's either the second or third creative special teams field goal type alignment that the refs have wrongly blown dead. Because they didn't identify it. Because they didn't identify it. And it's like, I can't believe that that's how they're trained. Like... Like they just default to be like, oh, they must. There must be something wrong here. Yeah. But who did they call false start on? No, whoever number seventy three is. I should look that up. But they called it on seventy three. Did not move. Like did not move. I mean, I posted the video. I went back and recorded it. Um, I, we can move into this, but the officiating 
continually terrible and exponentially terrible in this game. Drees. Colin Drees. Yeah. yeah, there you go. False start. So, there, there's... That a... wasn't. <laughs> well, and like Coulter mentioned last week, it's not just like they're biased. They're not like messing it up for one team over another because they did probably miss that safety. They took a safety off the board for Idaho. We also had a third down conversion on a horse collar tackle where he actually like grabbed the numbers and didn't go yep. under the pads. So you cost Idaho a possession. Live then a Grizz like a drive. Yeah, oh it did it did on TV so, too. Yep. Um and and two points. And uh, the, did you mention in the governor thing? Yeah, and then you flip it. So they Oh I that, see. so the fake field goal was a touchdown two ways. Roberts fakes the run and there's nobody there. Like he could have just leaked out the left side and the field's wide open. And OD's wide the fuck open in the end zone. Like, there's <laughs> all these options. This is pissing me off because, like, OD's had two weeks in a row to score points, and these damn refs take it away from him. Um, and then the Gubner uh, play, um, where Gubner is about six inches away from the quarterback when the ball is still in the quarterback's hands. So it's not a late hit. His helmet hits the quarterback, like, in the chest shoulder area, which is also not targeting he doesn't even lower his head of course quarterback loses his helmet on the play so it's a good call i get it but then the other thing that we interestingly found out i'll say recently post game um was that big sky officials have been well the rule is that if you do not have the ability to replay a targeting call you cannot eject the player. Targeting has to be confirmed. It has to be confirmed football. by way of replay. But the officials did not follow that rule, and they ejected Governor anyways. Because <laughs> they, <don't> <laughs> they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It just blows me away. And it's just like some of the stuff, like there was a penalty on, um, on their defense on one of our receivers, like a late hit, I think. And the guy in position like went for his flag and then changed his mind. So the guy out of position next to him throws the flag. It's like, I, I, I mean, it, yes, uh, as a pass interference, it was a defenseless receiver. Defenseless receiver, and that one it was they hit so out of the plate. Yeah, because the so corner, blatant. the corner jumps up and hits our receiver in the face. Like yeah, he left hip. the ground. It was not like a oh, I just ran into him. Like the ball was well over his head, and and the back and judge he left. Yeah, and the back judge is like 10 yards away, and you see it, and he just like wipes out the wide receiver before the ball gets there, and he just sits there, and someone was at UTEX, or somebody said like, it looked like he had the flag in his hand and didn't do anything, and then so the side judge, out of position, chucks it in, has to f- throw the flag from all the way across the field. Uh, <clears throat> it was astounding. And, you know, we have these things, too, where <clears throat> Belknap, on the first possession, gets a personal foul for pulling former Grizz, Trace Letexier, off of a guy where Letexier, after the whistle, drives him five yards upfield and then lays on top of him, <laughs> which apparently is you know permissible post There was a play later in the in <laughs> but, probably yeah. in the fourth quarter where an Idaho guy picked a Montana guy up yeah. and then put him down quickly, and the ref was right there and didn't call it. And I'm thinking, yep. after you guys called that on the first yes. freaking play of the game, yes. you don't call it? like. Yeah. Just the lack of consistency just kind of blows me away. And I know we shouldn't expect any better, but it is <coughs> frustrating. 
It is. To say the least. I mean, and like Coulter said, like you said too, it's not – it didn't cost Idaho the game. The officiating didn't cost Montana the win against SAC. But it's just like it's horrific inconsistency. You could hit a point where it adds up. And so it's like, okay, we're playing Southern Utah. We're playing Northern – excuse me. We're playing Northern Colorado. We're playing NAU. Montana will be favored on all those. And, you know, God forbid they should not lose any of those. But then you get to, like, a big game against two big teams like Grizz Cat. And if there's one call that is just absolutely blown that determines that game, I mean, who knows where the teams are at that point. But it, it could be a postseason. It could be a seed. I mean, it could be probably not for Montana, but it, for Montana State, it could be a chance for the conference title. And so it's just like you're kind of you're kind of floating on this this big risk that your terrible officiating could come down to deciding an outcome for a team, a postseason. Mm-hmm. Break. So I don't love like replays almost too much in college football. Yeah, but I'm at the point where I think that late hits on the quarterback that are called need to be reviewed because so many of them are refs who can't not interject themselves into the moment. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, that has to be a penalty. No, the baseline for calling a penalty should be you actually saw the penalty. <laughs> yeah. Not that you assume there needs to be, like, like just because like, the kid's helmet oh, came off. Oh, that was off. a violent hit. That's a violent helmet hit. helmet came off. His yeah. helmet came off. Yeah. But it's like, what was the penalty? And it's like, so often it's like, the ball barely left the guy's hands before he got hit. Barely. Yeah. It's questionable. It's a late hit. Like, what's, what's the guy supposed what's to do? What's supposed to do? Like, like, he's getting ready to tackle the kid. The kid still has the ball in his hands. Yeah. You know, he gets there a split second earlier, and that's a fumble. Like, So what What do we know about Governor now, like, for the next game? So Nothing. Nothing. Uh, the Big Sky Conference will review and make a decision if they are to uphold his first half suspension. So if you get a targeting penalty in the second half of one game, you're out the first half of the next. So um, our understanding is that decision is outsourced to a non-Big Sky uh, affiliated group that will review and respond, which makes no sense, but I don't make those rules. So, so yeah, the thing that I always think about, and it's like, it, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but at some point it's going to happen. If a player gets suspended on a bogus call, I think you're going to start to see them start to challenge these things. And I mean like challenge, like go to court and be like, no, court. like you have rules. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Like if you're going to take away a game from a kid's career, it damn well better be the right call. Yeah. Anyway, let's get off my soapbox. To court Michael, to court. yeah, to court. Why not? It's bogus. Sure. I, th- I think. Well, one, it it inflates the import of football. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, I also think we, that we should we need start doing our... freedom of information requests every week on what the uh, coaches uh, turn into the big sky as bad calls, and I'm sure oh that God, they try yes. and argue that that well, this is a competitive advantage. But I don't think it is. And the Big Sky Conference does not have the ability to tell its members, ignore public records laws. Yeah. So I've thought of a way to get around this. Ooh. Okay. You work on campus, Luke, so you need to do this. 
Oh, I'm interested. You need to tell President Bodner. I'm leaning in. Every, every Sunday morning, he needs to email Coach Howe and say, Coach Howe, <laughs> I would just like to check in on, on how you're feeling after the game. And I'm just curious, after your film evaluation, what calls the uh, refs got wrong? That's a legitimate question from a yeah. president to a coach. And also 100% a Freedom of Information Act eligible email. <laughs> so then Coulter at Skyline every Sunday night can report it. Perfect. I would like to see the Big Sky try and suspend Bobby Houck for answering an email to the university president. I'd, see, this is what I'm saying. I like I, The I NCAA and by, by extension the Big Sky Conference and some of their rules <laughs> drive me off the wall. I want somebody to mess with them. Nice. Doesn't I mean? So the coaching staff has to email the Big Sky Conference, right? And I'm in, sure they and, turn it in. Somehow. Or are they just on a conference call? Maybe who knows? Oh but I'm God. sure that there's like it's a, a. I'm sure it's a blanket. Like we we don't share coaches' emails that have to do with competition because it's not a. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just guessing. <laughs> I don't know this. I feel like a FOIA request is like pretty boilerplate lawyer work. Like, if we get one attorney to do it once, could we just copy-paste, like, every week, like, the new request? Yeah. I know we have a couple lawyers that listen to us. Weigh in on this idea. Yeah. CDA, get at us. Let's do a Zoom call. I want to figure out a FOIA, fill out a FOIA request. <laughs> we want to know oh every week what the bad calls were. Man. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my favorite part of the game... Mm. Was Bobby Howe was the offense trying to score a touchdown with 30 seconds left to go? I wish we would have. I have not seen. I have. I don't know if I have ever seen a situation where a Howe coach team <laughs> was so obviously upset over Idaho when they have lost the game, playing like they need to win the game, throwing a bunch of passes, scoring, and doing an onside kick, and then passing a whole bunch more. To come out there and be like, okay, you want to still play football? We'll still play football. And I was so torn because, like, Robbie Patterson, like, back shoulder fade, boom, and then, like, another pass, first and goal. And then he runs, and it looked like a little, you know, RPO kind of thing, and he keeps the ball and gets tackled at, like, the five. And I was like, oh, my God, is Bobby going to call a timeout? Because we had two timeouts. And it was like, it felt like it was, like, this moment. And part of me, there was, like, I was so torn because it's like, I think if Montana scores, I think there's going to be a fight. Like, um, what was that Netflix series? I only watched the first one, uh, Last Chance You. Right. The first, the first season uh -huh. where the, the coach called a timeout when they're blowing him out for a punt return and the guy gets leveled and it turns into a fight and the game gets, like, canceled or something. I was like, there's, like, I, I don't know how the Idaho guys felt, but I was like, Shit's gonna hit the fan, and, but there was part of me. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was tweeting. I was like, "Show the handshake," and they did, but it wasn't. It was, yeah, it, it was, was yeah. anticlimactic. Well, but oh when, my god! When Petrino onside kicks that ball and they recover, you know, I was like, "What the hell's going on?" We were gonna kneel you're that. down twenty points. We're like gonna kneel it out. A minute to go. There's no way you're gonna score twenty in a minute. And then Bobby sends Jace Lewis back in there. <laughs> yeah, and like and Robbie, and all the starters, and he's like, "All right, motherfucker, let's go." <laughs> what <laughs> you want to do? And I really wanted him to score. I was you know like, who really cared about that defensive series though? 
anybody who bet on the game. Uh-huh. Because the line was like 14 and a half. Yeah. And so it's like, here, you know, you just all these guys backdoor cover. And you're like, Idaho's going to score some garbage touchdown. And the oh Grizz are going to win by 13 instead of 20. God, hilarious. <laughs> bad bets. Yep. Is it Scott Van Pelt? Yeah. I mean, the it, bad it breaks? Might have, yeah. Like that might have legitimately made the it show. It would have. Yeah. Like, garbage time, second string in. Oh, don't recover God. the onside kick. That was something. I, I don't know. That was, I don't know. Uh, I think we need to shout out um, the Big Sky Conference sacks leader. Yes, we do. Hell we don't yeah, talk about do. the defense nearly enough. They're we like, haven't at all. They're like that child that you have that's way too... You take for granted. Yeah, they're just well-behaved. You don't really have to worry about what they're doing, but... It's my middle child. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story about this. Guy. Yeah, no, let's hear it, Mike. So, one of the things I like about going to road games is that usually you end up sitting in a section with like a bunch of parents. Yeah. And so you kind of get to meet parents or hear them interacting or something like that. And we stuck around um, a little bit after the game to just kind of see some of the players and and talk to a couple of the staff and whatever. And um, uh, Dylan Cook was there talking to his dad. And I don't know what their interaction was. I was several rows up. And then Dylan goes away and his dad turns around and starts talking to the person behind him. And he starts comparing his kids to the Brady Bunch and talking about how, like, the older brother is, um, what is it? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. Like, gets all Jan. the. Jan, oh. Jan, Jan. Yeah. No, gets, no, it's Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan says that about Marsha. Yeah. Gets all the Marsha's attention. Oldest, da, 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 da. Yeah. And his younger sibling is the, the kid with the Brady Bunch. Like, everybody loves her or him or whatever. Da, da, da. And he is the middle, Marsha. Yeah. And you know what? He's the one who's doing it. And I was just dying. Oh, I was just hilarious. thinking like, here's this big dude. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, you know, I met some other kids' parents, too. We probably shouldn't name drop on the pod. Um, it's kind of weird. But uh, uh, who'd you meet, Mike? <laughs> I'm, now I'm asking. Who are you best well, friends with? I can, now, I'm not best friends with anyone, but you can always pick out... Um, kickers or punters parents because nobody but a kicker or punters parents would have the kicker or punters <laughs> jersey numbers on their sweatshirt so i met brian bushimi's parents and i nice. told them that we really liked him yeah nice. i did not go as far as to say that we were looking for a replacement favorite player for, for the grist yeah. fan pod yeah. i thought that might be too much pressure mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um and i met a few others too but i always just enjoy it because you end up sitting around around parents and um I actually sat near Robbie Patterson's dad. Yeah. um, And I didn't talk to him. We weren't close enough to be like really hanging out. Like somebody introduced me and I shook his hand, but, but it was fun to watch him when his son got in. Cause it's like, again, you have those moments where you step back and realize like, these are just these kids growing up and here are their parents who have, you know, given them these opportunities to grow and play this sport and just being so proud that they're getting in, you know, they did well. Yeah, so it's those are kind of neat to see, and I don't get those at home games, yeah. you know. Oh, for sure, because you're just in your seats, yeah, so with your neighbors, your seats, yeah. But, yeah, you know, on the road, it's kind of fun to see that. Um, so kind of a funny story. But yes, we should talk about the defense more. Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. So, um, my the managing broker in my office is a gentleman named John Brower. John is a UM alumni, and his son Brett played for the Grizz. But Brett was initially recruited by Bobby. He played for oh boy. I want to say big sky. Um, walk on, UM, flu kept him on, 
and Brett was, uh, well, he wasn't the long snapper. He was the short snapper, so field goal, stuff like that. And he was like the second, third string center, didn't play a whole bunch. Brett, unfortunately, his senior year was 2012. Flew's fired, Delaney's head coach, team's kind of a mess. And so there was the road game against North Dakota where the North Dakota receiver, like, set a NCAA record. Like, he had, like, 300 yards and, like, five touchdowns. And my friend John was the only Grizz fan the TV broadcast would show. And he had this, like, look of death on his face. And it'd be like, because the Grizz, and our quarterback was, like, Shea Smithwick Hand. And we were, yeah. trying to, like, we were, like, trying to, like, piece together this garbage-ass game. And the Grizz would have this, like, totally haphazard maybe field goal drive or we'd get across midfield, but we'd have to punt. And North Dakota's quarterback would just go back and he'd just chuck the ball down the field and the camera would lose it. And then suddenly this dude would catch it and there's nobody there and he runs in the end zone and they'd snap back to the parents. And, <laughs> and here's John, pale-faced, <laughs> just <laughs> furious. And it was like he was on TV at least 10 times in that game. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, just kind of funny memory of parents at a game. Usually they're having a pretty good time watching their kids. I think that night he That's was. That's hilarious. Yeah, that <laughs> I was. I still tease him about it. The quarterback had 660 passing yards. Oh and that wide receiver had 333 receiving oh, yards. Oh, man, there are some brutal. Three touchdowns. But the crazy part is, is they only scored nine second half points all in the fourth quarter. <laughs> we just we just couldn't pull it out. That game was a mess. We just gave up 20 31 first half points before we made, we had some adjustments that God, we made in the second yeah, half. Quarterback could just go back and chuck it in the air and nobody would be downfield. It was the craziest thing. Anyways, just funny what and a, we could not figure it out. Oh my god. Oh. Um but snapping back to this game, you know, defensively um, it seemed like the defense kind of had its mojo back. You know, the opening drive. This is a fascinating thing. Coulter tweeted this out of the Skyline account. We have had four games now where the opposing team scored on the opening drive. Um, Montana stayed in its base defense the whole way. No adjustments made. Three, three, five. Uh, Washington, Eastern Washington, uh, obviously Idaho. And Sacramento State. Yeah. Just go right down the field, boom, touchdown. Um, but then after that, then it's like, okay, so we saw what they're showing us to make the adjustment. Obviously, the Washington game, it worked out. Idaho game, it worked out. The Eastern and the SAC game, not so much. But um, from there on out, it definitely felt like, especially coming off that Sacramento game where the defense seemed kind of on their heels, a little out of position, arm tackles, a lot of missed stuff. It didn't really feel that way with Idaho. And it was a little concerning. Like, Idaho opens up and goes right down the field, aided by a personal foul, and a long run where, you know, you you rewatch it again. We had a guy get out of position that really helped spring that free. Mm-hmm. But um, then suddenly you've got Patrick O'Connell, two and a half tackles for a loss, a couple sacks. Uh, oh, man. Um, and then you've got, who was it, Joe Babros 
look finally looking like healthy Joe Barros again. Yep. Blowing up plays and just get him in the middle. Nice sack. Yeah. Jace Lewis, 13 tackles. Um, yeah, Jace Lewis had a half a sack. Patrick Clono had two sacks. Big Sky Conference leader in sacks. He's had a sack every game we've every played. Game. Yep. It was great. Marcus Wellno had a sack. McGoran had a half a sack. Braxton Hill had a sack. And Joe Barros yeah. had a sack. Yeah. I mean, um, it just it kind of felt like that that swagger was back with the defense that we had not seen. Like it kind of felt like it wasn't there with sack Dixie felt kind of weird. Like it didn't feel like they had that going. And the Eastern game was the Eastern game. I don't know. You, you got to figure but, out how to get guys up for teams. I mean, it's funny. Like we've joked about this. Like I still have to mute this mic and cough every now and then. And I have no damn clue if the rumored, you know, flu that got through these guys. And I think we joked about this last week. Like I'm a early forties fat guy and they're, you know, 20 year old athletes in peak condition. But I swear to God, like, th- I-, I finally feel normal this week, three weeks later. And so, mm-hmm. stupid excuse. But I mean, if that's the case, like, if that really did rip through the team, maybe they're kind of on the tail end of it and have more of their strength and speed back. And speaking of that, Gavin Robertson Gavin's back. Yep. Started. Um, not the biggest stat line, I don't think. Right? I don't even see him on the stat sheet. He started, but he makes, he, a, he makes a difference out there. But I mean, yeah. Oh, there he is. So he had five tackles. Um, but yeah, it's just like guys are coming back. I think the defense had its full allotment of players, right? It seemed like it. No one was out. Todd was in there. Yep, Jerry Todd. And it'd be it'd, it would be nice to get them kind of back all healthy because it makes a difference when they've got the energy and they're flying around, even if they're not stopping teams. Like hitting the QB and catching the running back in the backfield and making it hurt makes a difference on this defense. Big time. Big mm-hmm. time. Yep. And Robbie moved really close to the – well, he, he went over 300, and he's three away from Tim Houck's um, total. Yeah. Uh, Jay um, – Jace. Uh, not Jace. Um, Dante is the career tackle oh, leader, 397, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so, like we're talking about this pod, unless Robbie pass. gets hurt, he's going to pass that sometime next year. Yeah. That's nice. pretty cool. And Robbie, uh, that was a hell of an interception to get wiped out by a bullshit Bogus call. call. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was, yeah, that's too bad. That was an amazing pick that he had. But it is what it is. Yep. Yep. Um, Money Macias making a, what was it, a 49-yard Stop. kick? Stop. I like it. Money Macias. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him. All right, guys. Until he misses, he's Money Macias. All right. That was a hell of, He could have made that damn thing from like 60 yards. He yeah. smashed the shit out of that ball. He went right good, through the uprights. Good for him. Brian Buschini, seven He's great in the dome. 46 average. Buschini's a dude. Yep. Um, Fonta has two pump returns, 22 yards. Yeah. Along with 15. Yeah. I like it. The, the thing, like, and this is like the thing, so... There's a handful of things you can critique still from this game. We had a chop block penalty take away. They called two chop blocks. Yeah. We had a chop block take away a touchdown. A Jankaro touchdown, which, I mean, amazing to see him contributing and coming in and playing. Uh, bummer to see him have his first potential career touchdown wiped out. Look, it was the right call. They showed on a replay. It was the right call. Uh, and then we have a Hicksonu pick six get wiped out by a hold which you know no tv replay showed and the ref that called that hold was 30 plus yards away so it was either blatant 
or the ref thought he saw something. Yeah. You know? So we had 14 points taken off the board with penalties. That can happen against crap-ass teams like Idaho. That can't happen against Montana State. That can't happen in the playoffs. So um, there's still a lot of things where improvements needed. And so hopefully uh, we had more penalties on special teams. Didn't we have like two holdings or a block in the back? We did. There was a block in the back. back. I mean, my God. And it was like we had that against sack. We had a touchdown taken off the board because of that. And I know we're like down punt returners and we're experimenting with who's doing what on punts and stuff. But it's just like there's all these little errors which you can get away with until you play an Eastern, an MSU, a SAC, or you get in the postseason and suddenly you're playing Davis or you're playing North Dakota State or you're playing whoever, and it's like that won't fly. You know, mm-hmm. that works against a two-win team. It does not work against a 7, 8, 9, 10-win team. So lots of good signs of improvement, but lots of things of still, you know, we need to get better. And, and Bobby said this time and time again. Uh, he said this his first tenure. He said this his last tenure. He wants his teams to be playing their best football in November uh, and beyond. And so it's still October, so he gets a pass for at least one more week, I guess. But there's like a lot of little things where I really – this is like moving forward, especially these next two, three games. Like we got to clean this up. We can't have these block in the backs that wipe out returns. We can't be taking touchdowns off the board. You know, it was like – this game could have been much more in hand in the third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, it could have been 41 or 48 to 7. And it's like, who the hell cares? You know, yeah. so there, there's just like these little things that didn't matter this week. It probably won't matter this coming week or the week after. But it could but against NAU. Get, get it right could games. against MSU. Like, they need yeah. to. Yeah. So lots of little things. Yeah. I'm sure they're working on it. But, uh, yeah, encouraging stuff overall. Do we need to talk about Idaho and their replay system not working? Because the replays on the big screen worked. <laughs> they couldn't I mean, just look I at the saw, screen. So they couldn't just look at the press box? I mean, I saw a tweet that said things that are broken in Idaho, it was like their replay system and their offense. <laughs> <laughs> They're on Paul Petrino watch over there. Like those, the Tubbs guys, I mean, that fan base is ready for him to go. Like, I, I just am thankful that the Grizz have never been in a place where they had a coach that was so hated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, they gave him such a long contract. Like, maybe we should be happy that the MUS only lets them do three-year contracts. How much longer is he there? He has coming? one more year okay. after this one, and his base salary is like $486,000. So they're not buying that. Well, the talk is that they think one year they think they'll buy him out. Okay. That some way they'll find to eat it. And yeah. But apparently, like, guys on the staff have kind of started telling people that they think they're done. And like, yikes. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the rest of their season. Cause it's like, you know, Idaho, since they got to the big sky, back to the big sky, has always kind of gotten up for the games against good teams. Mm hmm. This year, that's really not happening so much. But, I mean, they've beat Eastern a couple times and stuff like that. And I always I kind of said, well, it's because the, these guys think that they're FBS players, so they'll get up for the teams that they think are good, but not the bad ones. But now they're just not getting up for anyone. So Obviously, I don't want them to be good good, but it'd be nice if Idaho was better. Absolutely. I don't know. Like, what does the Brownstein mean if they're just dog shit? 
Right? Like, I want, them to, I want Idaho to be relevant in the conversation. I'd rather have them be good than Weber. You know, or like Sac State. They're regional. You'd bring more of an intensity to this, like, Idaho-Montana triumvirate. We, we were talking in about In eastern this. Washington, too. And it's like, ranking the Idaho job, it should be a top four Big Sky Conference job. Mm-hmm. You know? Support. Absolutely. They actually get people to come to their games. I mean, they're not selling out, but if they were popular again, I bet they'd do better. You know, I mean, their budget. Like, like it should be right up there with Montana, Montana State, and Weber. Like, like you've seen it, like, facility-wise. So, Montana, Montana State, obviously, like, the one, two. But then, who's the three, four, five when you look, when you think Eastern, Idaho, Weber? Yeah. Idaho's probably, like, right there. Yeah. I'm right there with Weber, I'd say. I don't know that Eastern's a top whatever job. No, it's yeah. like unless you're on the tree and can keep recruiting and keeping the fun offense. Like Eastern's a good springboard job, but yeah, didn't I mean Eastern was gonna cut their program? Yeah, Just that's like what I'm saying. They don't have any money. Like they're yeah, I don't know. Um, I do, you know, think we should cut the the Idaho uh, whoever was responsible for the replay <laughs> because sometimes you do everything right and you hit the button and it still doesn't work. And you know, <laughs> we should just we should just cut him some slack and move on. Oh Point taken, Mike. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, our, 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 the true GFPers will know what we're talking about. Idaho has the lost place. Anything else on Idaho? Or should we jump into wrapping up the rest well, of the sky? Let's do it. Let's jump. Good. Let's jump. So let's talk about maybe the most exciting game of the week. Weber pulling off the upset of Easter. Like, holy cow. That was a hell of a game. I watched the, most of the second half. I didn't catch any of it, but I read some recaps. Um, it sounds like the formula to beating Eastern is ground and pound. Big time. Don't turn the ball over. Don't turn it over. Surprise, and Eastern surprise. fumbled at least five times, lost at least two of them. So it was, so it was kind of an odd day, right? Like, the FBS games, there wasn't like a lot of marquee FBS games. So mm-hmm. there wasn't like, oh, I want to watch this versus that. Um, I had a lot going on in the day. So I put the cat game on because I'd only watched him play that game the week before against Weber. You know, and that game was so dull. But I mean, the cats won it, so whatever. But um, so I flip over to the kick of the Eastern Weber game. And I might get a little wrong with this timeline, but it felt like Eastern just went boom, boom, fourteen, nothing, like, like, like nothing. Like Weaver couldn't move the ball. Weaver might have a turnover. Uh, Eric Berrier just chucks up a couple. I think he ran one in. I mean, it was just like okay, bye bye Weaver. See ya. So I flip back over the cat game, but then I'm doing stuff around the house. The cat game goes to like halftime, and I flip over uh, back to the the Eastern game, and they're at halftime as well. And they're showing highlights of what I saw. Barry running a touchdown in and flicking some deep pass or something. But then they show a snap bouncing off Barry's face mask. They lose the ball. And they show, what's their running back, Merritt? Yeah. Putting the ball on the ground, like, multiple times. And then that suddenly they're showing Weber's running back running in the end zone. And I'm like, well, this is odd. And so then they say the score is 14-13 to 13 at the half, Eastern. I was like, holy crap, what? Um... Cat game was well in hand at that point. So I watched the full second half. And there was a couple things that stood out to me that was kind of interesting in that game. Weber did not blitz Eric Berrier the way Montana did. 
So Weber has historically and currently has a very good defense, very good corners, and very good safeties. Weber would send usually four, and they would have a fifth kind of be a spy that would make sure Barrier couldn't get to the sideline, like a deep run, that would then come in and give him some extra pressure. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing, the way the second half opened up, Weber gets the ball, and they fumbled it right away. And not only do they fumble it, the quarterback gets hit. Eastern picks up on like the six. And so like of Weber. So like two plays later, they're in the end zone. And I was like, all right, here we go. But then Weber, and without Josh Davis, their main running back, who I would just assume is done for the year. Um, so they had a, a kind of a bigger guy. Both their backup running backs are kind of like big, heavy dudes. They get five yards of carry hmm. before you get touched. And just be run, 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 five, five, seven, ten, five, three, five, ten. And so Weber goes down and scores. Eastern and then Barrier looked like the Eric Barrier from the spring, mm-hmm. where he would chuck up bad passes. And Weber, because they didn't have single coverage like Montana did, had safeties there to pick these passes. Scoop off. them out of the yeah. air. Yeah. And so knock them down. Or, and then they pick it off. And so suddenly, Weber kept the ball out of Barry's hand the whole second half for the most part. And uh, it was interesting. So Barry gets picked. I feel like, I'm trying to remember. I think Weber scores, gets it close. They were going to go for two, but then they had a false start, so they had to kick the extra point instead. Kind of like the Montana field goal issue. Um, and then Barry gets picked right away. And so Weber just runs the ball again. Boom, 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 boom. Score. Maybe they scored and then got the pick and went up again. Go for two. And now they're at 14. And we're like eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Barry has had like two possessions in the half. And then, but then it's like, okay, the floodgates are up. Barry just boom, 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 boom. Touchdown. Weber gets the ball back. Fumble. Eastern, boom, boom, boom. Touchdown. Shank the extra point. 35-34. I want to say there was like six minutes to go in the game. And so I'm thinking Eastern has this in the bag because even if they, <laughs> even if Weaver, like Weaver's going to run the ball, they're going to go Bob, you know, they're going to do what Jay Hill and Bobby Houck does. They're just going to run and they're going to punt away with two minutes to go. And Lemu Jones was back and they're just going to chuck a couple deep balls up and they're either going to kick a field goal or they're going to score a touchdown. Weaver did not. Eastern never touched the ball again. And the crazy thing was <clears throat> the defining play of the game. I'm going to have the numbers wrong. I, I think it was like third and 17. Are we talking about the last? The run? La- <laughs> Weber's. It was third and 12. Third and 12. Okay, yeah. third and 12. And they just run this like stretch play. And they build Delaney draw. And they pick up 17 yards. <laughs> they picked up like 17. The guy wasn't t- I mean, the guy wasn't touched third and until 12 he got to the first win the down. game, to, to get the ball the back ball. for your offense. When you're the number two team in the country with one of the best offenses in the country, and you can't stop third and 12 on a run. Knowing they were running. Yeah. Like, that was Weber kind of saying, like, F it, we're going to run off 40 more seconds and punt. Yeah. And that was their plan. It was just like, you know what? And he just, it was two minutes to go. Eastern was out of timeouts. First down, kneel it out, call it a day. Wild. Man, the big sky is good this year, guys. There are a lot of... There are a lot of dudes in this league. Between SAC, Eastern, Weber, MSU, UM, 
So we're 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 obviously going to wrap up the big sky and we'll circle back to it. But it's good kind of to point it, like Bryn posted something I agree with, and we talked about it in our text thread a little bit. The the playoff picture for the big sky is starting to get a little muddled. It's a mess. And there's a long way to go. But I mean, like Weber winning is really interesting because there are scenarios where Weber could be seven and four with a win over Eastern. But there could be five other Big Sky teams with better records. And it's like, what happens? And I don't think there's a shot in hell that six Big Sky Conference teams get in. No way. And I don't think there's a shot that Weber at 7-4 and four gets in over any of the Big Sky teams with less eight. than four yeah. losses. Eight wins or more. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're still kind of cooked. But it's interesting. Like, that, that is a big win for them. Backs to the wall. I mean, yeah. not only do they need to win out, but they – and. Looking at their schedule, they should. But, um, yeah, I think that was a huge win for Weber. And it threw so much more parity into the conference where Eastern looked like they were the inside track. They were going to be a one or two seed. And now, uh, right now, both Sacramento and Montana State have more of the inside track because they haven't lost the conference game yet. Brent, what do you think in this playoff picture? Let's pretend – and I, I don't even want I don't want to manifest <laughs> this into the existence, but I get I get asked, texted a lot about like what happens if UM wins their next uh, few pancake games, yeah. loses to MSU, are they in the playoffs? Are they in? And you leave Weber out because then what's what's UM's signature win in the Big Sky Conference? It's Washington. That's not in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, no, but it's still it's an FBS win. It's a it's a Washington win it's, without a Big Sky Conference signature win. But then you've got Weber, yeah. who has four losses, but they beat the the number one seed in their conference at that point. Yeah, it it's tough. Um, so I put a little post up on Egress where we we're talking about this, but eight and three Montana is in the playoffs because it's like. So, and you can't assume any game is. Uh, I posted this, but it's like so. If Montana goes eight and three, it means one of two things: they either beat all the teams they should beat going down the stretch, but lose to the Cats. And at that point, Montana is going to probably be seven, eight, nine, if not better in the polls. And so they would finish, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. They should be in the playoffs, probably playing the very next weekend because they. We have no bad losses. On the flip side, if they drop a game, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, NAU, but still finish 8-3, and three, that means they close their season by beating presumably a top 10 or top 15 Montana State team. Mm-hmm. That's a great springboard win to be like, not only did we start by beating Washington, but we finished by beating Montana State. That's our playoff resume. Yep. Uh, so 8-3 and three Montana, I just I can't see any scenario where they're not in. Um, but the fascinating thing, like, so Weber, this is Weber's last four games, Idaho state, Portland state, uh, where'd it go? Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. They play the complete gutter ball of the conference. So if Ida, if Weber drops any of those games, they're six and five. See you later. Done. Um, it's just like 
this is the problem with this damn conference being so big. And things are going to wash out because, but it's like, if Weber wins out and is seven and four, it's hard to, it, because like their losses are Utah, Montana State, Davis, and what's their fourth? Um, Some. Oh, it was uh, 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 J- James Madison. Yeah. So it's like, how can you fault this team? Because then they went on the road and they beat they beat Eastern Washington. So they've got like a big win. Yeah. They have no bad losses. You know, the Utah game, you throw that out because it's an FBS, but it's just like you're 7-4. But the way we look at this conference is there's the very real possibility that Eastern's going to finish 10-1 and or 9-2. and Sacramento should finish either 9-2 and or 8-3. and MSU can finish anywhere from ten and one to eight and three, most likely. Davis anywhere from ten and one to eight and three, and Montana nine and two and eight and three. So that's five teams. And granted, now like you look at this, like I mean, something's going to happen. Something somewhere. there's going to be weird. And I think there there's a decent be. chance that Weber will lose again. I think Weber finding an offense against Eastern is an aberration for their season. Yeah. You know, they still struggle, so it'll be interesting to we, see what happens. We, we're going to need Portland State to beat them yeah. two weeks from now, right? <laughs> we need somebody. Somebody. But we don't need any. Montana just needs to win, needs to go 3-1 and one or better, and we're in. And that was like when we were looking like this playoff picture and stuff. But the fascinating thing, so Sac State, they're 5-2. and two. They play Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Portland State, and then Davis. Sac, barring a meltdown. Should be in the playoffs. Eastern Washington, not the easiest. They're they're off. Then they host the Cats, go to Davis, and play Portland State. So a little tougher run, but um, that Cat game suddenly seems a lot more intriguing because Weber's defense show gave the roadmap. Can the Cats mimic it, especially with a week off? Tough to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have thoughts on that. You know, like Afonso, the Cats – have a better rushing attack right now than Weber State does. Eh, I don't know. Um, so, uh, you know, Cats have Eastern, Idaho, Montana. Uh, Davis has NAU, Eastern, and SAC. So Davis could be a team that slips up and falls to 8-3. and three. As I, The more interesting thing, and then SAC is, yeah, SAC's pretty easy. It's kind of like Davis and Montana and Eastern not Eastern, Weber, are these three teams that, like, depends on how they shake out. Because could a Davis team that loses, so they play Northern Arizona, so they get that win, so they go 8-1, and one, mm-hmm. but then they lose the next two weeks. Eastern and Sac and finish 8-3 and three on a two-game skid, and they're 8-3, and three, and Weber wins out, <laughs> and they're 7-4. and four. Yeah. Uh, and say Montana finishes 9-2, and two, or even 8-3, and three, Davis could be in trouble. Now, I think I also think if you look at this, if Montana goes seven and four, and Weber finishes seven and four, I think Weber's in the head of Montana. And I know the whole NCAA likes the money. Montana, a seven and four Montana, especially with a loss to the Cats, You've lost two of the last four. <sighs> yeah, I don't think that's. I, I think that's trouble. I think it's big trouble. You know, I mean, they would be seven and four with a win over Washington. Yeah, so but a but loss then, to what but, Northern Arizona maybe? But yeah, Weber's gonna be able to come in and say, there. you know, we beat Eastern Washington where Montana didn't. It, it'd be tough. Yeah. I, I think I'd be. I don't. I don't think a seven and four Montana gets in. 
Unless if like if Sack falls apart, Davis falls apart, and Weaver falls apart, and you got a whole bunch of seven win or six win teams, and Montana's sitting there at seven and four, that's a totally different thing. But if you got a whole bunch of eight win teams and Montana's sitting at seven and four, that's that's bad. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean i I think that NAU game has trap written all over it, big time. And but. any NAU's not out of the picture. They need a whole bunch of stuff to go their way. They're three and four. Um, but so their final four games: Idaho, Davis, Grizz, Poly. So say NAU wins their last four, they'll be two ranked teams. And they'll be on a five-game, no, four-game winning streak. They'll be seven and four, but only six Division One wins. Probably not in. Probably but, not. But, but boy, they would be ranked. They would be. That would be. That would touch on like you and I getting in. At, you know, I <laughs> yeah, mean, like six and five. A win over a Pac-12 team. A win over ranked Davis. A win over ranked Montana. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that, like you got the resume right. They beat yeah. Arizona. They beat the Grizz. They beat Davis. So. Um, yeah, I saw something where <laughs> there was some projection of like, you know, the teams and the first in, last out, this and that. And it was like, you and I will be the first team out at five and six. It was like the first team out with only five wins. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't get what it is about you and but I. But didn't you and I just beat South Dakota, South Dakota State? Yeah, so it's like they've got their win to make all the committee, you know. <clears throat> and of course, there's Kennesaw State over Montana. Craig Haley. Craig Haley. It sucks. Anyway. There's that thing where if you sh- if if everyone um, simultaneously like shuns somebody, you know, like do they exist? Right? <laughs> if, if no one interacts with you, I just feel like we should all simultaneously unfollow Craig Haley. <laughs> I mean, he I know that this is crazy, and it's like Craig Haley hates my team, to, but he clearly has a problem with a lot of the Big Sky and Montana. Yeah, like he just does not hold them in the same regard, and maybe that's fair. Except that if you take North Dakota State out of the Valley, they're not that much more impressive. No, not so much. And now JMU's going to leave. Did yeah, you guys right? see that story? Mm-hmm. Is that official yet? It's not official, it's not official. but it seems JMU like JMU charges like $1,600 a semester or a year, one of the two, in student athletic fees. Damn. I mean... Their their uh, like, their athletics budget is something like thirty two million or something. I thought it was fifty two million. F- maybe it was fifty two. Yeah, I and mean, it's insane. My buddy Kellen texted it to me. Um, That's crazy. Can you imagine like the what's the athletic fee here? It's less than three hundred bucks, I think. Oh, way less. Like, like one hundred and eighty or something. Yeah. Uh, JMU thirty three million one hundred and forty five thousand. That's crazy. That's so nuts. Um. Montana. But apparently there's a law that the state legislature in Virginia passed, right? That's where James Madison is, right? Yeah. And it's like a reverse sliding scale where the higher level of play, the less percentage that your athletic budget can be from student fees. Oh, yeah. So they expect you to pay your way the better you get. So basically... I read this interesting, and I haven't seen an article about it. It was like somebody shared like a post on a message board, so God knows if it's accurate or not. But that right now at the FCS, they're okay with the percentage-wise, but if they went up to FBS, not only would their um, costs go up, but the percentage of money that they could fund from students actually goes down. 
Interesting. So I just it, it it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. For what them. a weird law. But you know what? It'd be a waste of time in a place like Montana. But if you're paying sixteen hundred dollars a semester or a year or whatever it is, it's like a month of rent in athletic fees, so that this team can spend thirty three million dollars. I mean, it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they better be. Yeah. Um, what else happened in Big Sky this week? Oh, shoot. Um, I mean, let's see here. We had Sac State. Put it to Northern Arizona. They put it to Northern Arizona. Oh, my God. Arizona pretty hard. I think Sac State had 37 points at the half, and NAU had 37 yards at the half. 44-0. Was in, in sack, right? In sack, yep. Um, Cal Poly welcomed UC Davis uh, to a 24-13 loss. That's, I mean, this is what makes me think Davis, Davis is kind of stumbling. They keep winning. They've only got but one loss. But they're primed to get picked off, too. I mean, Boy, they are just not playing the best football. I'm sure people say that about us. Yeah, they probably do. But it's like, so, you know, so again, Davis, NAU, Eastern, and SAC. So Davis should beat NAU. Eastern and SAC are home, but if they drop those two, stumble out the gate and help. Maybe that NAU game even gets them. I mean, they dropped the last three. They're out. They're the, they're the team I'm watching to fall apart. Um, in the only game that split our picks last week, Northern Colorado beat Southern Utah. I picked Northern Colorado. Mike did not pick oh. Northern Colorado. Oh, <laughs> hoping they would lose. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. It's so hard, right? Because um, I had to move Northern Colorado out of the basement of my power rankings, begrudgingly. <laughs> like Southern Utah, it would be really fun if they didn't get any wins. But also, we don't want Northern Colorado to win with their like uppity coaching staff. So Very tight pants. Yeah, throwing clipboards and shit. Um, then we had Montana State with a pretty, uh, you know. That game was so weird because Idaho State ran the ball the whole game. Um, let me pull up the box on this. Is they had something like 230 rushing yards, but the real wild stat was the time of possession. So Idaho State had the ball. For 42 minutes and 17 that seconds. That is wild. The cat guys were mentioned that in our th- our thread yesterday, and I, I was blown away. It's just like, so if you told the team you would go 10 of 19 on third down and hold the ball for forty two over 42 minutes and have, what is it, 237 rushing yards or 213 net, how do you feel? Do you think you're going to win the game? They'd be like, hell yeah. And I was like, Nope. You're going to kick three field goals and lose 24 to 10 third downs and only scored nine points? <laughs> they was, ran the ball 54 times and passed it 12 times. I don't the cats I don't think the cats punted the ball. Or maybe Idaho State didn't punt it. I don't know. It was it was the most Oh yeah, both teams punted, but it was a weird game, but it was just like I I mean, cats were down it, a bunch if of I guys. was a cats fan I would be getting a little bit anxious. But the thing was... But the like, Grizz have been there so many times. Yeah. So, Like, they were down their stud nose tackle. They were down a couple defenders. They were... They had apparently a couple guys, like, COVID test-related stuff as well, too. 
that they I saw a tweet today. They're expecting them all back in two weeks because you know you've you've cleared protocol. Okay. So I think it was kind of that weird game where, but again, that's the second game in a row where they just said, "Hey, we're just going to do what we do, and it's going to be tight and whatever." And then it's twenty-seven nine at the at, as a final, and but you won the game, so I don't know. No, I mean, Cats are not pretenders. Their defense is super stout, and no. Afonso is a tremendous runner. Afonso is the so best runner. So I got in trouble with the Cat fans. I can't believe you guys have a cat No, it's the, it's the me- it's the thread with all the podcast hosts oh. that you left years ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that Quit one. Quit on us. <laughs> uh, I, like, I don't have time for this shit. Left that, <laughs> left that combo. Um, I just think who... Who have the Cats played that has a good offense? Offense, nobody. Like, their defense is great. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure they're very good. But it's like this the, the same argument that people, you know, that these guys are using to bump Montana down a spot in the Big Sky Power Rankings this week after winning <laughs> doesn't seem to matter. And two weeks ago, that Weber-MSU game live people were talking about how it was one of the worst except for Coulter. football games yeah. they'd seen since then the narrative's been rewritten that it was like this shutdown and it only looks better now because Weber then beat Eastern and it's just like I just am fascinated to see what happens in two weeks in that Eastern cat game because the cats could jump up and show that they're for real that's their opportunity or Eastern could be very upset for blowing their season open a little bit and come out guns a blazing. But I don't think the Cats can score enough to keep up. So they better hope that that Weber gave them a plan that will work. Yep. That's going to be a fast Because I'm not sure I, the Cats can score as many points as Weber did against them, which is saying something. But yeah. I think the Cats are going to be able to get pressure on Barrier with four. I think, I think they're going to Not gonna if be... their guy Chase, uh, what's his name's heard? Yeah, the tackle. Yeah, yeah, they're hoping he's back, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it's tough to say. Um, I think I the I I I, 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 I don't know not underestimating the cats again. No, I mean it's like I, I'm going to pick them to beat the well, Grizz in four weeks. And, I mean I'm not and, underestimating them. I voted for them above the Grizz in the power poll. And, I'm and just saying. You look at like some of the intangibles, like where the cats' quarterback McKay is better than. What's his name? Bronson Barron for Weber by a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah Fonse, in my opinion, is the best active running back. I don't care about Eastern stat monster merit. No, because, I would agree, I agree because with you. Like, everyone works to stop a Fonse. I would take a Fonse. Nobody works a to stop Merritt. <laughs> and I, I get that, like, Kyler and our Eagle Power Hour guys point out Merritt's got, like, a bazillion touchdowns this year, but it's because you know when you've got a high flying offense and your QB gets you down <laughs> to the goal line a lot or it's opens up super running lanes, easy. yeah. And it's like with the Cats, it's like okay, McKay has a you know an okay arm. They've got one good, one like outstandingly good statistical receiver, and the rest of it is Isaiah Fonse and then a freshman quarterback that runs some speed option stuff. It's just like the goal, the game plan is stop a Fonse where. Eastern, the game plan is not stop. It's so funny because like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Like, and granted, this is is vegan taking over. Corinne Bailey Ray reference. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's vegan taking over Choate's roster. But I mean, you know. Yeah. It, uh, McKay is playing the part of Murray a lot better than Murray played it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, he was in danger until close to the end of throwing for less than 100 yards two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yep. Yep. Had bad first half. Kind of settled yep. in the second. And but it's like real bad everybody first half. freaking out about Brown and saying he's never going to be any good after a, a similar game. Actually, better game. A better game better a couple game. weeks ago. It's just, yeah. it's just interesting, is all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is way too early to call this. Over, the cats are going to beat the Grizz. Over under 15 punts in the Cat Grizz game. Oh, oh my God. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I, I love We're our Grizz. We're setting ourselves up for a 13 6 game. I, oh, absolutely. I love our defense. If the Grizz lose 13 6 at home, I just don't know that I can handle it. <laughs> A lot of field goals. That cat kicker is not bad. He's got a leg. He kicks weird ass kicks. They're like oblong, side over side, but like he nails them from like fifty yards. Dude, that kicks the shit out of the ball. But they're the weirdest looking kicks. Huh. But he makes them, so that's all that counts. Uh, anything else in this week in the Big Sky <laughs> or last week in the Big Sky? I think that was it. I think that was it. And it, nothing else important anyway. Um. Let's uh, let's pick the sky real quick and then wrap up talking about Southern Utah. Let's do it that way. Great. Uh, we have Cal Poly goes to Portland State. Portland State. Yeah, Portland State's going to win that. Uh, then we have NAU goes to Idaho. You did not pick a winner in Cal Poly or Portland State. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's the Portland State. Sorry. Okay, now NAU goes where? Idaho. Idaho. Wow. Somebody has to win that game. I think NAU is going to win that game. I think Idaho is done. I think both these teams played so monstrously crappy this last week. Yeah, there's like the, God, that's tough. I don't want an NAU team that feels like they still have a shred of a chance. chance. And I want an Idaho team with a shred of confidence when they go to Montana State. Idaho. I'll pick Idaho. I like Idaho, too. For the hope. They're home. And it also might... Like, I kind of want Idaho to win a couple more games. So, Petrino... Get fired. <laughs> lingers around like a stinky fart for another I know, somebody, year. Somebody, like... I <laughs> talked to an Idaho fan this weekend, and they're like... I mean, don't you think that we should fire him? I'm like, no! Absolutely not. No, we love the guy. <laughs> He's getting paid too much to get fired. That's the thing. He's making like $425,000 a year. I think they're ready. We'll see. Anyway. Um, Weber goes to Idaho State. Uh, I think we all take Weber. You know. You think? Oh. No, I'll pick Weber, but I got a feeling that could be one of those weird games. I'm, what I'm saying 21, is... 21-20, Idaho I don't State. Th- Weber State still has the problem that they've had all along. They don't have an offense. They don't have an offense. They figured you know it what? out a little bit against Eastern. I'm going to pick them. Idaho State. Wow. Idaho State. I'm I'm definitely going with Weber, but wow. I'm going to pick them. Because uh-huh. Idaho State's run defense isn't terrible. And I just think if you... Eastern's run defense is not good. Um Weber had to fake three punts in that Eastern game. I mean, Idaho State scored more against the Cat defense than Weber State did. Idaho State. The Bengal bombshell. There we go. 
Wow. <laughs> Rod Fennessy keeps his job. One more year. Oh, there's no way. Andrew Houghton, I saw, like, he was <laughs> referencing back an Idaho-Idaho State game and said that Idaho State came in 3-3, three and three and, like, there was legitimate, like, talk. Like, maybe they're turning things around. At that yeah. point, with Fennessy, they were, like, 13-15. and 15. And they've won three games since then. They're like thir- three and eighteen or something like that. Poor guy. <laughs> this isn't the week. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Weber. Uh, Sac State goes to Northern Colorado. Sac, Sac. yeah, Sacramento. And then finally, hey, you can say Sac, your pick. Sac. See, we, we got to watch Luke. Luke's he's gonna, gonna sneak like, these in. Like yeah. UNC wins, he's like, oh my god, I yeah, I, I had UNC guys, <laughs> I had UNC. <laughs> McCaffrey special. Yeah. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> I picked it all along. Um, I got, okay, for the record, I have Sack, Weber, Idaho, and Portland State this week. And I'll lead it off. Montana's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Montana's going to win. Brent? I mean, no, Montana's going to win. So let's talk Southern Utah a little bit. Southern Utah, on their way out of the conference, they've got yeah. one win this F year over who the hell did they beat? <laughs> i got to look it up. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> they beat someone that's not like did, a football team. Did they beat team. Dixie State? Or did they, did uh, they, they might have beat Dixie State. State. Um, they are leaving the big sky, and there's nothing that would make a lot of us happier than if they went, oh, <laughs> for the big sky. You know? But but it, and I'm doubly pissed because they got picked to finish first in basketball this year. They did. Wow. Yeah. Didn't that one guy leave? I mean, I just you know. So collectively, I don't want them to do well in basketball either. No winning a title on the way out. All right. Here's the Should Southern Utah football schedule. They played San Jose State and lost big time. Then they played Arizona State. They lost big time. Then they played the mighty Tarleton State. And one, forty to thirty-five. Yes, Tarleton State of Texas, right? Yes. They then um, got smoked by Eastern Washington. They lost a close one to Portland State. What was the score of the Eastern game? Fifty to twenty-one. Okay. They got stomped by SAC. Lost by twenty-one points. They got beat fifty-nine thirty-five to NAU, and then of course, most recently, they lost seventeen to nine against. Um, Northern Colorado. So Tarleton's a pretty State. high scoring game for Northern Colorado. <laughs> I know, right? So I want to look up Tarleton State and see what their record is right now. They're four and three. They're transitioning, right? They're just like Dixie State. I mean, their their three wins are Aren't they gonna be in the whack? Yeah. Yeah. They beat Fort Lewis, D two. New Mexico Highlands, D two. Dixie State, garbage. And whoever the whoever the hell Midwestern State is, I don't, is that an FCS team? This is this mixed schedule where they yeah. have. Yeah, I think that's a Colorado D two team. It's Texas. Oh, okay, well, shows what I know. Yeah, they're the M. They're MSU. That's funny. Midwestern State, right? Um. Yeah. So, what are they? They're D two. So Tarleton coming up from D two. All their wins are D two schools. So, yeah, they're crap. Anyways, uh, yeah, Southern Utah is an – I mean, I'm glad they're leaving the big sky. They're going to make a great non-conference opponent in the years ahead. Yep, we've talked about that. I'm glad the WAC is going to exist because oh. they're going to be scheduling help. Everybody's glad they're – yeah. It's it's nice to have a non-conference group out here for 
us to, to play against. You look at them statistically, um, they're bad. They're bad on both sides of the ball. They are the 10th-ranked offense, scoring 20 points a game. They are the second-worst defense, allowing 38.5 points a game. Um, they just they don't really do anything incredibly good. Their passing offense averages 100 yards a game. No, sorry, their rushing offense averages 100 yards. A little bit of a passing offense. They pass 240 a game. That's the fifth best in the conference. Are we talking about Southern Utah? Southern Utah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, they, so like, you look at passing-wise, number one's Eastern, duh. Number two is SAC. Number three is Portland State. And then you got NAU and Southern Utah. So, Southern Utah statistically is a better passing offense than Davis, Weber, and the next is Montana. But, like, defensively, all of their numbers – complete gutter ball they allow 270 per game passing they allow 200 per game rushing um they don't run the ball very much their return game is crap their kicking game isn't very good they're a bad football team Um, (laughs) i mean there's there's no way around it all right if you could find one thing to compliment about them their stadium's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't like any stadium with a track around the field, but they've got like a coliseum and like some weird. It's called the Coliseum, and they got like some cool like shit around it. I don't know. Okay, okay. No. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find a stat to compliment them. They suck at field goals. They they they're they're bad at defense. They don't they don't pressure the QB. They don't sack the QB. Their receiver group is okay. They've got a good left tackle, according to Bobby Houck. He really <laughs> likes their left tackle. Actually, not just Bobby Houck. I think he's he was the first team all-conference. Yeah. They give up the third most amount of sacks. They're second worst in sacks allowed. They are – let me see, let me see. They're, so if, they're okay at first downs. They get so a handful of first it downs. It feels like this lines up well for the defense to get a lot of sacks, a lot of tackles for loss, but also have some frustrating moments of – completing some passes over the middle that could allow them to keep drives alive. That being said, I mean, I don't know what the play calling plan is, but if ever there was time for a, we beat somebody by 40 points game, this is it. Yeah. I mean, they're going on the road for two before the cats, you know, I really hope that they pull out all the stops on offense. Well, do you think that they're going to pull out stops, or do you think they're going to try to go vanilla scheme? Uh, I just think it'd be such a mistake to go vanilla scheme. Like, you need your guys to figure this out. You, you, like, I don't think the defense needs more confidence, but I think Chris Brown, Junior Bergen, this offensive line, Cole Grossman, Joey Elwell, like, a lot of these guys just need to keep having better games, better and better and better. Um, so here's my compliment to Southern Utah. Their quarterback, Justin Miller, who I think is a transfer. I can't remember where he's from. He actually had a really good spring. The spring season, he, like, efficiency rank was top two or three. Um, he's fourth best average yards per game so far in the conference. Uh, he does have more interceptions and touchdowns. Uh, but, I mean, he's a guy that he's a little bit of a stat monster that then gets in trouble with some picks and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't hate him as a quarterback. They've got, from from what I've seen from this team, they got a, they've got a handful of wide receivers that are, um, uh, what do you want to say, the generic version of Gabe Sulser. Like, they're kind of little, they're kind of quick. They kind of catch some stuff they shouldn't catch. 
they make a few plays. So they've got a little bit of a dangerous pass offense that it's going to be a test for the secondary. They do a few things that, that has given us fits like the Sac state game gave us, but they're nowhere on the same level as Sac is offensively. So this should be a game where Montana should handle these guys. If they don't, then, you know, feel nervous, but this should be one where we can, we can, we should put them away sooner than later. I would hope. It'd be nice. I mean, I, I, we, you know, the office is making progress every week. Whether Humphrey's coming back this season or not, I think that having a game to get get Brown and that offense more confidence, I mean, I think it's crucial. Yeah. I would like to be up 40 points, maybe even at half, so I can go out back to the tailgates and maybe <laughs> Wouldn't not, that be come fun? not come back in. My tailgate, we are doing uh, walking tacos. What? Ooh. Bags of Fritos. Taco meat. I'm cooking taco meat Thursday and Friday night, and uh, texting my buddy Mike with Summit Beverage. We're getting kegs of Modelo. So if you've seen the little YouTube videos of Modelo time, oh yeah, um, it's gonna be Modelo time at our tailgate. <laughs> but they only yeah. do the, they only do the like kegs have like a weird title, right? Like a full keg is called like a quarter or something weird. I don't know this. Like I don't know the beer language. But, like, so they we're getting, like, a handful of, like, pony kegs. Yeah. Because Modelo doesn't make, like, the big fat kegs. Okay. So all these, like, little weird Modelo kegs. But it's going to be Modelo time at our tailgate. Should be fun. Looking forward to Dang. it. Dang. Wow. I don't know why we're doing that for Southern Utah. And it, I think it's supposed to snow that night, which totally makes you think of tacos, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the game starts at noon. Can we bitch about that for a second? God, so we have that, lights. Okay. You got you got a donor to give you lights. Like <laughs> it, games are more fun when people can enjoy the morning. Like I am. If you could see me now, I'm actually upset about this. We should not start games at noon. Sorry. No, <laughs> Mike, preach here. Preach. What's the point? Why is it noon? Is it just the TV? Is it just ads? What's going on here? Is there is there a World Series game or an ACLS <laughs> game that we need to play? Or, I mean, early. I don't know. This. I mean, it's just always. It's what we've always done. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we always play our mid to late October and all our November games at noon. And I don't know if that's something where you have to book the time of your game for root previously to pick what game they want but it's what it's done it like what we've we're trying done. to do it earlier because it's getting darker and some people drive home so we got to give them more daylight i mean like you look at the conference schedule noon for us one o'clock for at unc idaho state idaho and three for portland state i mean all the games are early and then the next week save the sack game they're all early Week after that, save the sack game. They're all early. Well, Did, no, they're not. There's you might have already said this, but is, this isn't a root game. No, no, hell no. So, I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. So, real question: <laughs> If the kickoff is at noon, what time do kegs get to be popped? Ten a.m. Theory: Ten a.m. or nine thirty. Yeah. Whenever we get there. Okay. Send me a text. I'll be 
I'll be in my office. Fighting around. <laughs> we have to set up the Luke meet and greet section at the tailgates. This is like a real thing. I'll just yeah. Well, Mike's never at his tailgate. No, he's not. I go there and help set up every. I might be there this week because the guy that runs it is um, has to go to a wedding. Oh. We'll see. We'll come come over and meet and greet. And have some tacos. I have made at least two appearances at Brent's yeah, no, tailgate been this year. He's okay. There's a lot of uh, Shelby guys that end up at Brent's tailgate now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jeff is there. Yeah. <laughs> All these other guys. It's funny. Well, did you get to meet? Speaking of which, so Shelby guy Jeff shot you a message. Yeah, I know I didn't. Family member. I didn't get to meet him. Oh, darn. Because he was in Idaho and he messaged me. Yeah. Um, but then we, we didn't get to Idaho. You got in kind of late, right? Until like 30 minutes to game time. Okay. So we just didn't. Because one of the Tubbs guys, Alex Boatman, messaged during the game. It was like, oh, you should have come and had a burger with us. And I should have. But we just we just didn't get time. there. Yeah. So. yeah. so it's like Mike messaged us. He's like. Who's this Jeff guy? Yeah, I, I know Jeff Brent listens Luke, to the pods. They're so both like, Jeff good listens, guy. So. He listens to the pods, so he'll totally get a kick out of this. But you're like, who is this guy? We're meeting. like, good guy. Well, Jeff, sorry guy. it didn't work out. He's a, he's a sick up. He's a Shelby guy. He's a UM alum. He's a great guy. And Jeff is a great example of why I love Montana and why I love my job at the university because I get to meet a billion students. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about it's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, like in Montana <sighs> – you know, Jeff's like, oh, yeah, so you know this guy and, like, that guy. And not even all Shelby people that he grew up with, but, like, other SIG apps that he, <laughs> like, knew. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I just, I don't know. I love that part about Montana. <laughs> Everyone knows one another. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. It's great if you're not an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be. Brent's like, no, you don't. No, you do. No, you don't. <laughs> I tell you, this running for office thing has really been difficult. (laughs) Are you having to bite your tongue for the first time in your life? I mean, it's like, you know, I've learned over the years and kind of like doing PR for the company and stuff like that, that it's like not responding is always generally the default best route to go. Yeah. And that's doubly true in campaigns. Like, I finally blocked somebody on my Facebook page today. (gasps) Because you and just Jacob. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I just can't. Like, I just... Some of the people that come out of the woodwork. <laughs> one week left, guys. One week left. I'm oh still God. out there raising money. My God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So if you're feeling generous, go find my website. Throw me a couple bucks. It'll you be know, fine. as a broader picture thing, I'm speaking it into existence because I'm going to assume our good friend Mike... Should win his election. Oh man, I'm superstitious. I don't think we can Ooh. assume anything. Let's play it out then. We talked about playoff scenarios. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about city council scenarios. We're gonna have to find a different night to do the GFP, guys. I mean, if you play old man basketball on Tuesdays, is it gonna become Sundays? <sighs> so it's Brent's either Sunday family, night. It's Brent, either Sunday night or Wednesday night. Brent does a lot of family. Like you have your family dinner. Yeah, but by but but like but we're here. We're it's, at a, eight. it's a school night. I mean, if we were doing eight o'clock Sunday night, but we wouldn't have the virtue of funny stories from quarterback club. No, which isn't the end of the world. But yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. But, but then Wednesday night feels like way too late in the week, doesn't it? 
I kind of think so. I think especially yeah. if we're doing three-hour do episodes. Three-hour pods. <laughs> or, Guys need more in the day to do that. <laughs> or we just like do Monday at noon, you know, and Mike falls asleep at city council meetings because he was drinking at noon. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> but if work. we do Monday at noon and we do a three-hour pod. Luke's like, I, gotta come back to I, have, I have work. <laughs> I mean, it might be Sunday night. Uh, we'll figure this out if it happens. It's, it's a good problem to have. Uh, Does the city count? Can you motion to make city council different night? <laughs> yes. Tuesday <perfect>. night? <laughs> you know, it's been Monday night forever, but I'm going to get, if I get elected, it's like, hey guys, I have a podcast on Monday <laughs> night. So. You know, we could just do the GFP at the meeting. <laughs> Can we come up so, to public comment and so, ask the <laughs> ask the Twitter and Egress questions to Mike during public comment? <laughs> so, oh my god, you've been to city council meetings, right? You yeah. had to have. Yeah. Can you drink beer at them? Oh my god, <laughs> no! Why not? You, you can't bring... bring a beer into the. No. Is that Why a not? real law? Or is that just... I'm sure it's a real law. Is that oh, like container in this fake news? No, they changed that. Oh my lord! You could Montana law. You could drive the with a drink in your car. That you just can't happen. drink it. Fun fact about Shelby, Montana: <laughs> no open container law. There's no open. Didn't they get rid of it in the last session? For everyone? I don't think so. I think there's still no. They made some law. laws though. Like you can you can get a cocktail from the bar as long as you got a lid on it and have yeah. it in the car because you can't drink it. Be responsible, kids. You can walk around Shelby any time of the year, not just for like Mariah's Fair Fun time. Shelby doesn't give a shit. Shelby don't give a shit. <laughs> That'd be a great nickname. Haber has it, but Shelby doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a marketing campaign that's gold. We should we should sell it to Shelby. Um. All right. So, yeah. Well, we, you guys might be getting this Monday instead of Tuesday. Or... Do we replace Mike? Wow. Ooh. Holy shit. With his opponent. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a joke. Don't answer. Nobody answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to comment on okay. that. <laughs> or James. We can just sit here with James. Don't make me I'm research messing. who the fuck this guy's opponent is. <laughs> <laughs> I literally couldn't tell you his name. Me neither. <laughs> well, neither of you are ward for voters, so... Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back on track. <laughs> it's amazing how incredibly... I'm Googling this now. <laughs> how uncomfortable Mike is oh, in this moment. Lord, this is amazing. Lord, oh, Lord. my goodness. <laughs> Don't. No. We are not... No names. No, no, no. Actually, no. No, but just if you... I'm just, like, Googling your name... And it's fun because you're not the top Michael Nugent. There's a the kicker. The kicker. And that guy's not even the top Michael Nugent. So anyway. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh, weird. For another day. So I'm going to have to refine my Google search here. <laughs> Missoula <laughs> City. I think right. there's two Mike Nugents in Missoula, actually. But mm. Wow. There can be only one. you got a Highlander, this guy. <laughs> there can be only one. All right. Uh, let's move to listener questions. Yeah. Are we, are we, anything else on Southern Utah? I, I mean, like, I think it's going to be fun, but we'll see. I, military appreciation game. Military appreciation game. Supposed to snow so, overnight. I mean, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be one of these ones where it's going to look like the Dixie State, where I think we're going to probably have a couple thousand empty seats. But it, it's I think. This team just needs all the momentum it can get. I hope we can get as many people as possible. You're in that weird, funky spot where it's hunting season. 
uh, I don't know. I hope we can have a good crowd there. Um, yeah. I think the most interesting thing is they released the depth chart this week, and Cam Humphrey is not on it. Again, he wasn't on it last week either. So I mean, he's been running out for warm-ups, but you and I have said that's just a giant facade. Yeah. What is the probability that Cam Humphrey surprises everybody and starts this week? 10%. Lower. Yeah. Against this team. See, I was going to say, I would hope it's zero because they really, even if he's ready, they should give him another so, week. But if we were playing I, a better opponent, I would think it was more like 10 But what's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Or he's still a ways away. Yeah. Because they keep running him out. It's a smoke screen. It's a smoke screen. Yeah. yeah. I'd say the other thing was if Chris Brown laid an egg against Idaho. Yeah. And it was like. Oh my God, it's not working. And I think Chris Brown's performance against Idaho really helped to be like, all right, this is the guy we know we've got that can only get, hopefully, only get better. And so let's keep building on it. Do you, uh, Grizz fan podcast fans, want to want to know something? Yep, they do. I actually was excited to see Robbie Patterson play, and would love to see him play a little bit more. <laughs> Mike was texting us like, <laughs> we don't know how good the backup is. We just don't we know, guys. Him. We don't know until we see him. And you had a response. <laughs> Luke, you were like, how soon until Mike's calling for Robbie to be the starter? <laughs> Three of four, 30-plus yards, fast. I'm just, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm they just picked kidding. up the offense. I'm still firmly on the brown train here. <laughs> All right, let's go, to, let's go to listener questions. Um, let me pull up... Uh, what do I got? You I got Twitter pull... or you want me to get egress? Well, I got them both up right now. I can so. pull you up Twitter. Me. You got yeah. Twitter? Yep. All right. So, here we go. Should be a, should be another fun one. <laughs> God, 23 responses to this. <laughs> all right. Dede Martin. <laughs> we love you all. Um, <laughs> he went to the game. There's a picture of him with a stein in the, the corner bar. We're the corner club, which is the tubs of the club. Yeah. Um, held the stein at the bar, took the Idaho fan bus from their bar to the game, which was all Grizz fans on it. Uh, felt nothing but sad for my Idaho fans during the game. Is this the year they fire Petrino? I think it is. I think one year left, you find the money to buy that guy out. I would I hope so, man. Oh, that's brutal. Do they insure contracts? I have no idea. He's got it. I mean, I bet on some level, but... Yeah. It feels like one more year of Petrino at head coach is just more damage. I don't know. I think that's exactly it. Like I think that at some point, your alum or you know, emailing the president. You know, it's just like you, you, I mean, they are now. You, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like Idaho should be a top contender in this conference every year. Like they have the facilities. They have. They are a flagship university. They're one of the few in the conference. Like. They should be better, and they're awful. Can we write a letter to the president of Idaho <laughs> Tell him to keep, to him. keep Paul <laughs> Petrino? Yes, we can. Okay. We are the Idaho Fan Podcast. And our, and our 5,000 to 10,000 listeners agree with Here's us. Here's our letter to the Idaho president. <laughs> we read Paul Petrino. I'm not joking we about this. We absolutely need to do this. Okay. At Paul Petrino Fan Club. 
Oh my god! All right, <laughs> more so follows that oh up. Oh my god! It says the Tubbs team would like a deep dive on who Grizz fans hope will pre- replace Petrino. I mean, is his brother available? I don't know. <laughs> no, he's doing okay. <laughs> Bob Stitt, yeah. Dennis Erickson. I mean, right? Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Um, Dennis Erickson was at the game this weekend. They honored him because he went in the College Football Hall of Fame. You know, there's a guy 30 miles away that's uh, currently unemployed from Moscow. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rolovich. Yeah. Maybe Rich. him. Probably not. Um, I don't know. I... I you know, I think it'll be interesting because I actually think that Idaho should be an attractive job for people. Especially but I always say Montana should be an attractive job, and then I'm always surprised by the candidates to get or not get. But four four hundred plus base is a good salary, big time. Um, that's that's got to be the highest paid base in the conference. I think it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what former Big Sky Conference coaches angle for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, was the uh, Grass greener for one Jeff Choate? No way. Choate does not go from Texas to Idaho. Choate was rumored, Choate's rumored for Washington State. Bo Baldwin went from now, Cal to Cal Poly. Because he sucked. I mean, at the next level. I'm just throwing now, it out there. But Bo Baldwin would be an intriguing hire. Yeah. From not Cal Bo Baldwin. Baldwin to- no, well, Poly, but or Paul Wolf. The OC. Oh, interesting. I mean, that would talk be an about a hire. talk about a, a. You bring in a regional guy yeah. that has prior experience and success in the area. That'd be an interesting hire. Huh. I don't know if they've got Brian. We don't know enough about the candidates to really have an opinion on this. Clearly, we should do it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that Texas defense is getting it done though. <laughs> they get fifty-five to Oklahoma. <laughs> It's Oklahoma. 32 to Oklahoma State. Ugh. 35 to Texas Tech. There's, there's one of those memes I saw years ago, where it was, not years ago, like last year, where it was like the college football top 25 in 10 years. And it was like one, two. And it was like, we will never know because there is so much parody. And 25 was like, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's hilarious all right um montana parlay big hypothetical here but if the grizz were undefeated in the big sky and they recently traveled the big sky defending champs and won then that team knocked off the number two team in the country how long would you rant against msu fans if they voted sack over um in a power poll um if sack was better than um not long uh here's the thing I've already covered this. MSU won one ugly game against Weber that set back offensive football and has no other impressive wins. I voted for MSU above UM in the Big Sky Power rankings, but I do not think, especially after the performance against Idaho State, that MSU is the number one ranked team in the Big Sky. I don't buy it. No. I take SAC and Eastern. This and this is broadly like I have a bunch. We all have, you know, the cat buddy, the cat buddy. We all have, you know, the guy who did meth in your family, too, <laughs> right? Like, we all have these people we have to coexist with. The my biggest problem with cat fans is they still have this like irrationality about them. Like, we can we can rank MSU 
above UM. Yeah, and have and, been. And uh, go to sleep at night. But they cannot... Like I feel like they, they know this is sort of an ephemeral state where MSU is is relevant and they're better than UM and they have this like streak going and so they're not gonna let it go because it doesn't seem real to them yet and so they're absolute bitches about how they rank shit. I just you know it's like I am not arguing that UM should be above no MSU at no. all. I, I I ranked MSU above UM too, but I just I I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I. I think that they are they are so objective, quote unquote, when ranking and evaluating Montana, but they cannot apply the same objectivity to the cats. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're the same, but I mean, I voted UM like five in the power rankings this week. So, I mean, I don't know. It feels pretty objective to me. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Thanks, Parlay, for the question. Yeah. Appreciate you are it. you aren't one of those crazy cat fans, <laughs> or are you? Um, uh, one of our regular Twitter follows MCFC in Mile High <clears throat> for a Grizz National Championship. Would you have Cotton Eye Joe as your entrance music for an entire year, meaning you'd have to play the entire song every time you entered a new room or building? You'd also have to play it every time you pulled up somewhere in your vehicle. Luke Rounds responded and said, I'd be game for that. I would rock Grizz flags on both sides of my truck as well. <laughs> um, I mean, for a national championship, sure. I, you know, Okay, I, you, hold on. Hold he on, didn't no. say we couldn't tell people why. I just tell them all year, this is for the Grizz. You guys have spouses. And listen, I'm just going to paint a hypothetical here. Every time you walk into the bedroom, Cotton Eye Joe plays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that does to the mood, but I'm down. (laughs) I was thinking, oh, live in a yurt, whatever. But you know what? Make that your anthem. I mean, it's only like, what, three and a half minutes long? That's long enough. God, who knows? I wish I could find this quick. I've got to get my buddy to send me this. Oh, What are you looking for? All right, so my college days, I was a DJ at KBGA. Oh, yeah, you We've were. We've covered this. Yeah. And so, let me see. What was your DJ name? Beasley. <laughs> of course. DJ Beasley? Yeah. Where does that come from? That was my nickname. Well, that's what my dad called me when I was a kid. Okay. And then my buddies found out and stuck. And then it stuck. And you couldn't... Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Wait, is this it? You're going to get us a DCA violation here. So we made a a mashup, a little mashup called "Raise a Little Cotton Eye Joe." Raise a little Cotton Eye Joe. There's a full version. It's incredible. Where's it at? Uh, I think I have a digital copy somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, we just kind of played the two over and over and over. We needed it on SoundCloud. It includes uh, cannon shots, um, glass breaking, horse whinnying, all sorts of weird stuff. It's yeah. Raise a little cotton eye Joe. Raise a little I like cotton it. Eye Joe. I'm down. <laughs> so that's our pregame anthem. All right. There you go. Brandon Fear wants to know if he can come to the tailgate. Of course. Brandon Fur. Fur. Father Fur. Father Fur. Uh, coach of Cut Bank, I think, middle school football. Nice. I'll see you there, Brandon. Hey, we can talk about the Pack, Pack fan, too. 
<laughs> no one's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I'd go for the Niners on Sunday night. Seems unnecessary. I'm, I'm just I'm curious. I didn't watch. I was doing other things. I just think that. I like her coach. The Grizz offense and the Niners offense suffer from <laughs> some of the same problems same. this year. <clears throat> That's all. All right. Curtis Wallace wants to know, Paul Petrino's next career after Idaho Vandals. Head coach somewhere else in the FCS. Head coach somewhere else in the FBS. Division two, three, or NAI coach. High school coach. Used car salesman. Ultimate fighter <laughs> in the underground Moscow ID fight club. Or none. Idaho stuck with him for life. Oh my God! I could see a situation where they're like Idaho's like, we're in this contract. You got you got this year to prove it. Go, Paul! And then like next year they like win five games, and it's like, oh, we're gonna just give him another year. And he gets in the, um, oh my God, the Jerome Sowers track of like mm. one year he wins seven, next year he wins two, next year he wins six, next year he wins three, and it's just like they're gonna fire him and his team rallies, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, they're gonna because didn't they do this to Jerome one year where they're like, you're not renewed, and then they like. Go to the playoffs and they beat the number one team. And they're like, "Oh wait, yeah, no." You're and they coming fired back. the athletic director instead <laughs> yeah. and brought him back, but only for one more year. And it kind of, yeah, yeah. I, it'd be hilarious. I would love it. But I could see him. I could see the McCaffrey era ending in Northern Colorado uh, soon. Yeah, I think he could end it's up a there. Mess. It's a mess there. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Petrino to Northern Colorado. I don't think why not. Bob Stitz is OC. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sean Rainey wants to know, what's your favorite single play of the season? Sean Rainey? Yeah. The Sean Rainey? The Sean Rainey. The one we won't bring on the show, even though he asks. Whoa. That's harsh. We'll get him back on the show. Okay. We record on Monday we, nights. He's I'm got a, receipts, he's got a show. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're soon to be moving our podcast <laughs> night, so this could happen pretty easily. My favorite play of the season? That's hard to. That's tough. I think actually it's Flowers' kickoff against Eastern Washington, or kickoff God, return against Eastern Washington, because it was just like the spark where it's like, hey, we got a chance. That's probably not what he's getting at. But I mean, our offense doesn't have that many plays. They're awesome. I mean, there was a fake field goal that worked. We've had some great defensive plays. The Cam Humphrey keeper against Washington to take the lead. That was great. What Babros running back the touchdown? Right, Babros. Who run the no no well no um, well no well no 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 I was no. thinking well no first U Dub no ninety well no with the pick um, that's uh, uh, uh Belknap Belknap sorry um with the not fat guy big guy touchdown yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I think the significant point of the season is remains until otherwise in my opinion the Washington win yeah um well, the well no pick I think yeah either the well no pick the two Robertson tip drill picks. Or the Humphrey keeper for the go-ahead TD. Yeah. That seems like it to me. Yeah, there you go. To me. I don't know. Works. All right, let's see. What else do we got here? I'm going to skip a few where guys just kind of talk to each other. <laughs> We're, I'm noticing that in our Twitter. Like, <laughs> yeah, more people just start arguing with each other. <laughs> chances of uh, Patty C233 bringing home the buck. I'm assuming that is Patrick O'Connell. Got to be. I mean... He's got to be in the midseason f- top list, right? I mean, he has a sack every game. Like, <clears throat> my sense is he'll be helped out, 
if the Grizz beat the Cats and make the playoffs. I agree. Yeah, you, I mean, Tyron Holmes won it without a playoff yeah. berth. He had a pretty special season. But yeah, I mean, it, it kind of it, it feels like you need to show a little more. I'm trying to pull individual statistics on the NCAA. You'd think he leads with sacks, right? No, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's up there. I bet he doesn't lead. Okay. Tackles for a loss. He is tied for fourth. Um, this is – I probably should have pulled this before, right? Sacks. Here we go. Um, he is fifth behind a guy with Florida A&M, guy at Yale, guy at Chattanooga, and someone at William & Mary. Um, so – Probably got to do more, I guess, which is crazy to say. But uh, I don't know. You put it all together, and I mean, he's got to be right there in the conversation. And again, yeah, yeah finishes strong, postseason berth, keeps it going. And then you look at, okay, how'd Florida A&M do? How'd Chattanooga do? How'd William & Mary do? Oh, they didn't get the playoffs? Oh, Montana played two games of the playoffs? Yeah. And, and actually, I'm a, I, I think it's 0% chance. Because he's a junior. I was just about to say, the other thing, the Big Sky Conference pulls this crap. Tyron Holmes, he won the Buck Buchanan. But did he did not win the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year year because they gave it to a guy at freaking Southern Utah because he had a great career. Yep. And that's going to be the thing for Pat is he could have 30 sacks. Well, Uh, you know. (laughs) He could have, let's just say, 8 to 10 in the next four games. And they'll see that he's a junior. And this Florida a- – I don't know who these other kids are, but this Florida A&M kid, oh, he's a senior. Oh, and he had 60 over the last three years. Yep. Oh, that's the guy. You know, I don't know. There, there's that kind of crap. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Jake Erith wants to know, can we get the conference down to nine teams and play everyone? Yeah. We would like that. Yes, please. Um, are we going to see Cam Humphrey, Marcus Snyder, Nick Osmo this season? I think we'll see Nick Osmo for sure. I think we'll see him soon. I would think Cam will see at some point. Knight, I mean, that's a tough one. Because, you know, I mean, that's major knee surgery less than a year ago. I mean, the thing with Knight and both Cam, it, 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 we talked about this before, but it just like how are we playing when they're – ready to come back. Like if Osmo is back and Xavier and Isaiah get back and Bergen and we're running the ball well and Chris Brown keeps getting better, do you insert a Marcus Knight that hasn't played for two years? Do you insert a Cam Humphrey that hasn't played for six weeks? It's That's such a tough decision. If we see Marcus Knight, it won't be until the playoffs. No, and I would. And I mean, you're at a point where you don't want to. If he's going to take a red shirt this year, you don't want to. Has the ability to. You don't want to lose that. I don't think. No, we. We won't need him until let's say MSU, right? But at that point in time, in yeah. If if we're rolling and and like you said, Brent, if we even lose to MSU, there's a still 
a high probability we make the playoffs anyway, right? Assuming we win, win all the other games, yep. Yep. And so the first game you actually need him would be in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. And then you can play play them all four games and be fine. Yeah. Good. Yep. So probably not is what I think. But it's like, yeah, so say you get to the cat game and Osmo, Harris, Childs, and Bergen as uh, that group is rushing for – 175 to 200 a game. Stuff <laughs> decision. Marcus Knight's better than all of them. Mm-hmm. A healthy and well prepared Marcus Knight's better than all of them based upon what we saw from 2019. Um, I personally think both Childs and Xavier could at some point surpass, but they're both freshmen. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. Bergen, we think, is probably going to go to re- receiver. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so. That, that's a tough decision, but probably a better decision to have than in the playoffs is it <laughs> do we play Jankaro or Drew Turner because it's all we got left or something, you know. It's better to that's look at right. it the other I side. Jankaro <laughs> got carries. Yeah, no. <laughs> got a touchdown call back. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. Oh. Poor Turner. <laughs> um, all right, somebody asked, we don't even have a wide receiver that can beat Idaho deep. Peterson triple option time. I I don't have any time for that. You sound like a negative person. Um, all right. Eric Witz wants to know, if no one on the O-line moves before a play and the Big Sky refs still see it, is it really a false start? Meaning how bad do you guys think the call was on the swing gate play? The refs called a false start. I mean, it was terrible. Like, it I was had, no false start. I had a guy on Twitter arguing with me that it was OD that snapped turned his heel before he But show the ball. me that that wasn't all one movement with the ball. But that was the thing. And they did I, not call it on I had game. another guy who I think officiates high school games and he's like as long as you're part of as long as your movement is the snap that's a that's a permissible move. So I don't know. It's just the big sky refs not being familiar with something and instead of waiting to see if there's a penalty just calling a penalty cuz they don't know. Yeah. All right. Josh Sampson wants to know, can someone with more time knowledge give us a rough percentage of the Grizz chances to win, share the conference title? I'm assuming very low. I mean, it's almost zero right now. They would need Sac State to lose twice. And Eastern. Eastern to lose once more. The Cats to lose twice. Davis to lose once more. At least once. It just that, that's a lot. Tough. Yeah, and a couple of those teams and, only have three games left. And SAC and Eastern would hold a tiebreaker over. Yeah, I mean, outright is not going to happen. But it's super duper low. Now, like a share without the auto bid, I'd put it at ten, fifteen percent, eh, five, five percent, five percent. I mean, I'd put it at almost zero. <laughs> I mean, it's it's low. It's low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> do these pants make me look snagged? Says I was holding my breath every time Bergen carried the ball after his last touchdown. When you've gotten to the last four guys in the position group, how is it that Turner and Arnston are so bad you can't give them a carry or rely on them in a pass pro? Are they hurt? No, they can't be hurt. I just think that sometimes there are guys that come into the program that are hard workers and good kids, and for whatever reason, they just don't have what the coaches are looking for at that particular position. 
there's a little sliver to that that tweet that that might shed some light on things because this program, like many, if you can't pass block, you can't be on the field. You know, if you can't do the small things outside of carrying the ball, you're you need to earn that. So, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, Jonathan Claxton wants to know, does the center not have to snap the ball between his legs, and how is the center an eligible receiver on the fake field goal, or is he just a decoy? I'm ticked about the penalty, but I honestly think the refs didn't have a clue what was happening, so they just instinctively threw the flag. Well, your last sentence is right. That's absolutely why they threw the flag. They had no clue what was happening, so they just threw the flag. No, the center does not have to snap it between his legs. Nope. It just can be a movement and checking it back. He's eligible because he's uncovered at the end of the line the right that's side. why everybody else is on the other side and od has actually caught two-point conversions doing this yes he has and a touchdown right in 19 i know he had a two-point conversion yeah. or two i don't know if he had a touchdown. um so that i mean that's kind of the gist of it uh, brian Point bullock stats. wants to know do you guys think weber can get in the playoffs at seven four with their only good win coming at u-dub that would most likely mean six schools getting in we kind of talked about this i think that the answer is we don't think six schools from the big sky are going to get in six won't so like we talked about they're going to need davis or montana or sack to absolutely fall apart too brian's a great grizz fan too he used to be film coordinator for the grizz huh? really all right. Related to Trace. So, Texier. Bobby said something at QB Club tonight that I think is a little nugget. Mm. He acknowledged that the grad assistants pay attention to social media coverage. Yeah. Um, just to see what's out there, which means we need to take this time to say hello to the grad assistants <laughs> of grad the Grizz and say thank you for listening. Um, you know, we, we appreciate the support. Who are the grad assistants for the Grizz? I need to do some digging. All right. Tw- I think I know one of them. 2019, Matthew O'Donohue scoring two points, one catch. No right. touchdown, hmm. but a P, uh, two-point conversion. We move, moved on to trying to figure out who the grad assistants are this year on the team. I can tell you that. All right. That shows on the roster, doesn't it? Well, they got a whole bunch more, don't they? Yeah. But, so you've got... No, they don't show it. Oh, interesting. Okay, never mind. Don't listen to me. All right. Doing an awesome job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, Appreciate it. All right. Somebody wants all... to know, was Bobby embarrassed on the onside kick work? I'm sure he wasn't embarrassed. I'm sure he was pissed. pissed. Um, he didn't really talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Gabe wants to know, is the downfield attack sustainable for the offense given Ido's weakness? Could it be an outlier? I mean, I think it's sustainable. I, I think the, my bigger takeaway from Idaho wasn't so much that we hit the passes downfield. It's that the front seven was actually decent, and they were putting pressure on, and Brown still was able to throw it down the field a bit. Hopefully we build on that. Right. I think you have to be able – you have to be willing to take stabs downfield, and you throw the ball up, and a lot of times your receivers come down with it. Sometimes you get pass interference calls. Um, but if you never show that you're willing to, to take a stab – then defenses won't respect you. And I think now, uh, if we get a couple weeks of this, defenses have to play us more honest. I had talked about it a little bit before, just Idaho's defensive style. I slightly worry that it could be an outlier. And I think the next couple weeks, 
defensively inferior teams like the next three we play, if they play it safe and we regress, then the worry will creep up. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Fair. <clears throat> Who's the biggest surprise player for you guys so far this year? It's got to be Junior Bergen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we got to take for granted all these guys, but I mean, Junior Bergen wasn't supposed to play this year. He was supposed to be a cat. Yeah. He wasn't even supposed to be a Grizz. Yeah. And then he was supposed to be a receiver, and he started at running back in a Grizz win in week, what is this, eight, seven? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, he's had one of the coolest plays this year, which was a play that didn't. He scored on that damn play. You're he's, talking about the sack game, right? Yeah. Yeah. On scored. the sideline. Yeah, it was, it right was in like front of me. right. Yeah. It was right in. I was right down there. You were there we're too. kind of in yeah. the same area. And he made like four dudes miss, changed directions three times, dove in, and they called they called him out. Terrible. And he wasn't. And he wasn't out. They but scored a play later, but I I love that kid and I can't wait to see what he has in store for the next few years. Bright future. Big time. I yep. like it. Agreed. That actually plays right into um, Chris Carpio wants to know, can we discuss Junior Bergen's potential to be used in other ways besides just running between the tackles, just worried for his health? I think that if we get our running backs back, Junior Bergen wasn't is slotted to replace Gabe Solser, in my opinion, as kind of like the slot receiver. Get him out there. Get him out. And, I mean, I think given that Solser's hurt, if we get some running backs back, I think we will start to see more of him being used that way. <laughs> I mean, if you got a situation where you've got your quarterback with Junior Bergen on one side of him and Nick Osmo or Xavier Harris on the other, and you can mix it up like that with some yeah. pass plays or some I'd like RPO. to hope that oh we're creative enough to do that. Yes. Yeah. Another discussion, yes. <laughs> Find out. Yep. Um, Silvertip Nation has a great question that we don't have time to answer tonight, but we really <laughs> should put it out to the Twitter fans. If every Big Sky football team was a punk rock band, who would each team be and why? This deserves more thought than I think we can give it right now. Um, except that the Bobcats are good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about punk rock. I don't either. I just remember when, um, um, what's his name? I think it was Chris Rock, was uh, was hosting some award show right after Good Charlotte played. And he goes, oh, Good Charlotte. We're like mediocre Green Day. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Do you know who would be really good at this answer would be Bear Tycoon. Awesome. He we'll, likes punk rock. We'll get him in on it. Tag I like him on it. that. Tag him on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Silver Tip also wants to know who was sadder waking up Sunday morning, the tubs at the club guys or Kyler Neal? <laughs> so here's the thing. Neither, maybe. Kyler didn't watch the game. Because he, he went, was doing something else. He, he was at the a Grand Auto Prix race or something. Yeah, he was at the Grand Prix. Yeah. Which sounds cool. I think the tub, but the Tubbs guys. Alex Boatman from the Tubbs might have been sad because he's a former player, and I think he really gets invested in it. Yeah, it's the other guys are actively is. rooting for losses to get Paul Petrino fired. Yeah, might have been Kyler. Sam in Flight Montana. Last question on Twitter. Okay. Wants to know. Damn, are the Petrinos the most hated sports family from Montana? Well, it depends. I think if you ask the eastern side of the state, it's probably the Hawks. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but they also don't like the Petrinos. So. <laughs> There's probably greater hate for the Petrinos. I'm just trying to think of prolific Montana football families. 
And there are some very few. But I was wondering, like, and I don't know the reputation, yeah. but do you think there's any disdain for the Leb socks? Because there's like a thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I was just thinking, like, really what you can start coming down to is, um, you know, you start picking on players, which is kind of unfortunate. But, like, I think that Ryan Leaf's brother probably had an unfortunate run in high school as a QB because his older his brother, brother was a yeah. giant. Oh, Bra- 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 Brady Leafs. Yeah. Brady Leaf had. No, I bet it was tough being Brady Leaf. And I don't know that Brady Leaf helped his cause or anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Luke shaking. Let's be honest. Um, he go to Oregon. He, yeah. Oregon State. Was Oregon State or Oregon? Oregon. I, don't know, I thought it was Oregon State. They won good. Um, he was Oregon. So, I mean, that's Oregon. the. I mean, that one jumps up there. As maybe an interesting conversation, but I think we've zeroed there's in on a, the two teams. There's a few others that it's like you know you get into the world of like picking on players, and I don't know that that's really fun. But there have been like individual high school players that had reputations around the state, but that's not really the family. So, no, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be the Petrinos, but I think your point about the Hawks, Petrinos and the Hawks. <laughs> It's like Hat the Hatfields and McCoys of Montana football. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man. All right. Over to Egris. Yep. Okay. 503 Grizz is wondering, what is your all-time favorite Grizz road game experience? What you got, Luke? Oh, man. That's tough. So, while you think, I can think of a few... I, I, Mike and I had a damn blast the last time the Grizz beat the Cats. I was going to say, I've had a couple cat wins. That, were that was great. a fun one because we get on that bus. It's like 7 in the morning, and this like 80-year-old lady hands us a glass of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and it was us and the cheerleaders and on the cheerleaders this bus from the And Adam some old Center. people. Yeah. And, I don't know uh, how we ended up on that bus. I mean, it was a fun game. Um, that, was a, that was a blast. And then I can think back to... Um, 2000, Montana, new coach Joe Glenn had just lost a god-awful game to Hofstra. Mm-hmm. And then we go on the road to play Idaho, but Idaho at that point was not allowed to play in the Kibbe Dome because it was too small. So we go to Washington State Stadium, and Drew Miller and Jimmy Ferris put up something like 600 yards of offense in the Grizz win on – near end play of the game and that was a super fun experience um but honestly it's been a while since i've had i mean that cat game was fun on the road a lot of my recent road experience has been pretty bad but yeah that's that's one i can think of had a couple good times at some portland away games too but yeah mine has to be like 2004 cat grizz we won we lost the year before Mm -hmm. yep Wait, no. No, we lost two years in a row. We lost two years we in a row. We lost 03. We lost But that five. one in 04 was at home. Yeah. Three and five were on the road. Yeah. So maybe it was 07. 07. Oh, seven. I was seven was the Seven was, no. Yeah, seven. Wasn't seven the kind of the the mud game? Where we all wore all white. And Lex was like covered in mud at the end of the game. Yeah, maybe. So why, yeah, I, remember, yeah. why I remember this game is... In the tailgate section at the 
in Bozeman, I had some friends there, like from Shelby. A guy named Eric Larson was there. He was like the 4-H king. And he had a bunch of like really clever engineering friends. And they had hooked up this like... They made a pool out of like... What are they like... Giant, a giant circular horse trough. I don't know. What are those? Like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Those big round, those big round, yeah. like watering troughs, and they like were heating it with propane flames from underneath, and that was their tailgate. Is they had like these pools that you could just soak in, and it was freezing out, but in the pools it was really, really chill. Nice. It was just perfect. It was like a really great tailgate experience. Uh, with some high school friends, and we went in and we beat the shit out of them. Nice. My my best though is I was in Bozeman in 2011. You were when oh my god the grid like the Bobcats had just hit number, number one, one yeah. in the nation, and like ESPN was going to do a live shot of them at the and they still did it at the like selection Sunday and. You know, they, was, they were going to put us away. And we were, I think we'd lost to someone. We were struggling. We were number seven, so we weren't bad. Um, and we just went in and destroyed them. And that was a fun game. <laughs> oh, that would have been so fun to be at. <laughs> Good questions. That's yeah. a fun one. Uh, AZ Grizz fan, I think, is asking questions kind of that we've touched on. See if you guys have anything extra to add. It's kind of three questions, but kind of all related. What's up with the playbook? Why do the Grizz rarely seem to put players in position to succeed offensively? And why can't our receivers get separation? Uh, said it was better on Saturday, but it was Idaho. I, I I feel like we kind of talked about this a lot with Coulter. I mean, the plays are in the playbook. I think it's the play calling. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a combination of we've got so many young guys playing that they don't feel like they have the playbook yeah. At their fingertips like they would down the road. I, well, and I I think you can add in that we talked about this earlier. You've got a redshirt freshman in Chris Brown, so you've got a inexperienced quarterback, and then you've got Cam Humphrey who's kind of shown previously that save a couple of throws in that western Illinois game that some of those deep shots are not necessarily his forte as well too, uh, in terms of accuracy. And so I think you've got maybe not the most amount of provided opportunity for success. And I, I don't know if I'd fault the receivers. It's tough to say. I don't think there's a, there's a philosophy that the staff is adhering to, and it's the system. And it says if we just run the system and execute better, yeah, we're going to be a damn salty team. Like if we're some gimmick sort of thing, uh, sort of offensive juggernaut, um, that runs a, a, a very predictable system, we can be beat. But if you can train your kids to run a system um, and take what the defense gives you, you can't be beat. And I think the coach, the coaching staff is still very much of the opinion um, we can still make the system work. Yeah. And yeah. so they're going to keep running it and running it, running it and running it until the picture slows down mm-hmm. and, the, and the quarterback gets it and the receivers get it and – and then we'll be uh, impossible to beat is the hope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Do you guys want me to do CDAs either or, or should we close with that? Let's close with that. All right. So Everett 
has asked, I'll just grab a couple of his. What is your favorite? Wings from the Desperado or Double Front's Half Chicken? Wings from the Desperado. <laughs> You're prepared for this. Boom. Well, Missoula, I agree. Missoulian surprising note for me. I don't find Double Front that amazing. Oh, interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think they're bad. It's just not my, like, thing. That's fair. Brent? Despo. I'm a wing guy, though. Yeah. Like, spicy, good spicy wings. Like, that's that's my thing. I'll take that fried chicken. Really? <laughs> that, that's damn good, though. I'm just, like, that's just a personal preference. Yeah, I, I made, I started making my own fried chicken in the pandemic. Like, fig- I figured it out. And it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it to make your own fried chicken. It's really good, um, but it's a mess. It's a kind of a bitch to clean up. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? But I just, I just love fried chicken so much. And the wings, clearly, Despo's the best. But I feel like it's not as difficult to be good at wings. Yeah, as a good fried chicken. Yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Everett also said he noticed that student managers were holding up towels on the sideline to block the coach's signals. Uh, but it seemed that they were blocking, not blocking the view from across the field, but straight down the sideline. And if anyone noticed that, and did Idaho have like video set up to so, steal signs or what? I didn't think that they were blocking straight up the sideline. I thought it was slightly angled to the players on the field because two guys on Idaho's team played on the Grizz last year. Trace and, and Nash. And, Nash. Yeah. and they, I don't think that every hand signal has been changed. I don't think whenever. Sure. So I think it was more of a trying to throw up a little bit of smoke screen on that. That makes sense. Yeah. I brought that up last week, and, and you guys all, Colter, all laughed at me, like, Trace never plays. And it's like, yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> Stop doubting me. <laughs> okay. Bob Apparatus asks, with three straight weeks of playing shit Big Sky teams and four straight years of losing to Montana State, is it possible that UM students will forget that we have a team or forget the importance of the Grizz Cat and the student section will be a wasteland. Also, how would you rate the student section and North End Zone's craziness compared to previous years? I actually think the student section seems to be doing pretty well, all things Way considered. better. I, student section has been st- st- way more strong with this stretch, even from two years ago, I think. Um Save the Dixie State game. That was a little empty, but otherwise, pretty full. I'm not expecting much for Southern Utah, but they've been pretty great. North end zone, <sighs> tough to say. It's still pretty rowdy there, but I think like a lot of season ticket holders, I think we're all getting older. <laughs> Maybe we're getting a little less rowdy. I don't know. Nothing else? I just think that the North end zone's got some – I think – like a lot of parts of the stadium, there's some people who aren't there yet. You know, haven't come back to the games for whatever reason. And I just, you know, I, it's been loud. I mean, I don't know. Oh, that's I'm, right. You're I'm in yeah, it. And you're I don't in the really feel any different. But. Yeah. I sit on the west side, so I'm just with a bunch of old cranky people. I'm becoming that guy, too. Uh, number 15 fan asks, who you got, Braves or Astros? Braves. Braves. Yeah, same. I'll bet the Astros are going to win just because – I would I, I would actually be kind of happy for Damn Dusty it. Baker, but Ugh, yeah. Okay, Rats of Butte is asking us who would we feel more confident playing again, Sac State or Eastern? Also, 
Uh, if slash when we make the playoffs, which team would you least like to play against? Having watched most of the top teams play this year, I don't believe there is a clear-cut title favorite. So who would you rather play, Sac or Eastern, and who's kind of the least favorite you'd want to play? I actually kind of want to play both Sac or Eastern because there are so many things that if we had corrected them, we would have won the game. I'd rather play Sac. Okay. I, I feel like we gave that damn game away. I, Eastern, I I don't know. I'd feel more confident in a rematch that we'd beat Zach. I agree. I would love to see us play Eastern with Marcus Knight. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's a great yep. point. That's one. Yep. yep. There you go. Or Sack. I mean, honestly, yeah. if we had the running backs with both of them. As for the other one, I mean, who do I want to see? Not want to see. Maybe James Madison. I haven't watched any. I really haven't watched anyone outside of the Big Sky this year. So it's like, okay, I don't want to play North Dakota State. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't, I haven't seen enough. I guess I watched a little bit of Sam Houston mm-hmm. when they played NAU the first week. But honestly, I'd love to get Sam Houston in Missoula. Won't happen. We'd have to go there. That would suck. But I'd love to get. That team in Missoula in December in a snowstorm, I don't think they'd be that great. <laughs> I mean, they are, yeah, but it wouldn't happen. We'd have to go there, and it'd be a mess, but yeah. That's funny. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, here we go. CDA gets a little dark on us this week, you guys. Pick one. The Grizz win the next three national championships. Oh, what? But you have to play the squid game. <laughs> so a brief summary if you're unfamiliar you're drugged and shipped to a Korean island a minute. where you have to <laughs> compete in a series of children's games such as red light green light and tug of war if you lose you get shot in the head Jesus oh, God. all of your competitors are North Dakota State Bison fans so you have about a 95% shot at winning but it's not guaranteed the inside joke on Egris is that all NDSU fans are just fat slobs. Back to the question. There is no cash prize for winning. Your <laughs> reward is ensuring three Grizz national titles. Or option two. The Grizz win the next three national championships, but you have to get three fingers on the same hand of your choice amputated. No halvesies, whole fingers. Or three. <laughs> the Grizz have seven consecutive losing seasons. Squid game, lose three fingers, losing season. Oh, this is the <laughs> worst. Oh, cut the one. fingers I'm off. I, I was doing what Mike was doing. I was like, yeah. It's only one hand. Those three fingers on the left yeah, hand, I'm they're gone. The, I'm going I'm to the gonna... Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I love to golf. What? Oh, that's that's sucks for you. Enjoy the squid games. <laughs> okay. Damn so, it. so I hate this. The competitors are slobs that I'm going against in the Squid Game. Mostly, yeah. Your odds are good, ninety, but they're not guaranteed. You screw up, you get shot, and you're dead. You don't win money. But here's the thing: think about this. Who's the most legendary player in the in Grizz history? Dave Dickinson. What did he do for us? Won a national title. Won a national title. 
won the Walter what Payton. If, what if? <laughs> but what? What about Brent? If you secured three straight national titles for the Grizz, think about you. The people would be signing autographs. Think about how many homes you would move if you brought us three straight national championships. Oh my God! Would you do it? Well, but losing three fingers also gets you three national championships, and I don't have to get shot in the head. Oh, oh, oh! So there's no extra benefit. No. See, I think CDA screwed up here. I think he should have said like one national championship. For right. The fingers. I'd go with the fingers. It's a bummer. It's one hand. The oh, like you you'd pick like one so, from. You couldn't do like like both my ring fingers. <laughs> Um, so, Brent Brent doesn't even need ring fingers I'm just trying to think how I could grip a golf club with two fingers on one hand okay yeah not much would change I could do that okay no yeah I got that I got it this was easy chop those fingers off Still got ring room for three rings on my other hand oh good point Mike good point We're, we're fine and I mean whatever make it work Work for John Tester. Yep. <laughs> All right. What else? That's it. We close with CDA's dark question. God, CDA. That was a good one, man. Anything else this week, guys? I mean, um, a couple of basketball things. Women are voted sixth, seventh? Sixth. Men are, Men are fifth. Fifth. Which seems low. but Men dogged WSU in their scrimmage. Oh, did they? Yeah. Huh? They beat the piss out of them. And they had like two 16-minute halves. Okay. And then they played like a third quarter. WSU like Washington State. Washington State. Yeah. Oh, wow. The secret scrimmages that those are so don't stupid. exist. Why do they? Why are they secret? Uh, you know, because yeah. it's it's not official yet. <laughs> I, I I just heard through the grapevine that WSU didn't show. Interesting. Or either we really showed. I'm excited for this men's team. Me too. I think. Uh, and there's still – it's a lot of juniors and sophomores. I think there's three total seniors, Mac Anderson, that kid that came up from Idaho, and another guy who I didn't readily recognize. I mean, so it feels like they could build. And I don't know. I'm excited for it. We can move into that in the months ahead. But I – with Travis and – I mean, their juniors and sophomores really came on last year because they had to because the amount of transfers we brought in that then subsequently left – and then all these other younger guys had to step up. Um, I'm excited for what they got to offer. Women's soccer, too, showed out this weekend. Yeah, they're kicking ass. They're, they're at the top of the conference, aren't they? They need ISU to beat Northern Colorado, and then they'll win the conference. Is that what it is? Yep. But they beat Weber and ISU in in back-to-back games. So, oh, so Montana Conference is 7-1-1 one, and one with 22 points. Yeah. Northern Colorado is 7-1 with 21 points. So, if Idaho State beats Northern Colorado, then then the Grizz win the conference. But, you know, yeah. they've been surging. They're Four-game like pe- win streak. They're yeah. peaking at the right time. Playing great? Yep. Always That's a good time to be a Grizz fan. Yeah. Should be fun. I'm excited. All right. Anything else? You good? Good. good. All right. If we know you, we'll see you soon. If not, we'll be here next week. Go Grizz. Fight on.